to the HodgePodge Podcast. I am your host, as always, D Hodge. Mixing it up a bit like last uh, like last week's episode. Doing it differently. Let you guys know um, how I'm feeling after the... I'm probably going to do this for the remainder of January. And then you guys let me know how you feel. Um, so, just some updates here. Get a sip of water. Hang on. Um, so, like I said, the fan, um, a fan's perspective, those podcasts are returning. Um, I have two in the can already, like I previously said last week. Um, I actually have two returning guests um, that have been on three times. Uh, so... That's a cool one. That that that's um that's that's very, very gracious for them for those guys. I can actually call them my friend, um, for coming on the podcast. Um, so, not really too much of an update today. Um, just wanted to hop on like always and just um say thanks for listening and if you want to you go and give me um a five-star review write a comment if you give me a five-star review and write a comment then i will read them over the air right here um i've had i've got a couple but i'm gonna save them up to read about four or five or six um all together so also if you want to go follow me on instagram i would really really appreciate that that is at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge, and then at the HodgePodge podcast. Um, simulcast. We just released a simulcast Wednesday, um, depending on when you're listening to this. So go listen to that. Uh, it's titled Fast and Furious Goes to Space um, with a question, explanation, question, explanation mark. So there's that. What else do I want to talk about? Uh, Buy a more show review. They are coming soon as well. We're actually um, scheduling them here in the next couple of days. Through uh, by well, by the time you hear this, we will already have it scheduled. Um, there's a new series. I guess you could call it coming to the podcast. I just call it another podcast on a different podcast. It's called. Give women a chance. Um, the first one was with Brittany Bexton, uh, my my and Big Shrimps, one of our great friends. Um, he's known her longer, of course, but I, I still um, very pleased to call her one of my great friends. Um, I can come to in time of need. So she was the first one. Working on a couple more. We already have the second one. Who it's going to be? We already got it booked. Um, but I'm not going to say who it is until it actually happens. That. I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, that's just gonna. I think that I'm thinking that's just gonna have to go up. Um, maybe like a regular Monday, like a regular podcast. Um, yeah, because it's gonna have to. Because Wednesdays are strictly for simulcast and Bobby Bone Show review, and then that that's real. That's that that's really it. Um, I really don't want to put nothing else in replace of that unless I absolutely have to. Um, got some cool guests um, already recorded and also have some cool guests lined up. Like, I literally have a legendary, uh, let's, just, let's just say someone legendary coming on 
um, to the podcast pretty soon. I've, I've got email confirmation. Um, I'll actually read it to you right now. I'm ju- just going to exit out uh, or bleep out the name. Um, here we go. Here we go. To Here we go. All right. It says, Dear D. Hodge, we're happy to inform you that blank blank would love to do your podcast on this date blank blank please hit back with more information so I hit back with more information gave really what the points were I was going to talk about um, so hopefully we can get get an hour get a little over an hour maybe an hour and a half in with this person got some cool guests lined up some different guests actually lined up um, like this one uh, but you're going to get to that um introduction here in just a few seconds so yeah that's really all i have to say go listen to big shrimp radio uh he has some cool episodes up we are actually working on getting another podcast for hodgepodge productions um that was one that we are really close on uh writing up a contract and signing it and uh, making it very official, and you will know more about that when that happens. We actually might have we we actually might have to meet up at a certain point. I'm thinking because I don't want to do this all you know all over the place, um, unless I absolutely have to. I want to meet up and do it all in person. That way we can talk about it over. Lunch, me, Big Shrimp, and the podcaster, or, or coffee, or whatever we're going to talk over, or just talk over it and leave. Uh, I'm hoping to do that here in the next couple of months when we get this pie, once this person gets their life in order, or whatever their their podcast in order of what they really want the thing to do. Because they got to get their logo up. They got to. They don't really know the name of their podcast yet. And if you're listening and you think it's you, it's probably not you because I have three or four that are um, kind of in that stages already. Um, we're branching out. We are branching out. Me and Big Shrimp have some big plans for 2020. 2020, we have some plans. Um, we plan to meet up again this year. I think I'm actually heading over there, and we're going to record, um, knock out three or four episodes just of us, maybe simulcast, um, uh, knock it out somehow. We're going to have to knock something out, do do it. Um, so, well, I'm tired. It's it's late here. It's going after midnight. Um, didn't have really anything else to do, so I figured I would catch up on some some podcast editing and podcast listening and recording um oh i I, I watched joker for the second time um if you want to hear how i feel about that movie listen to the movie review on this this week's um episode which you can go listen to um right underneath this one is the movie review for joker um and then after that uh, before that should be a simulcast and then before that should be a podcast and then before that should be a movie review and then before that should be like a new year special or something like that I don't I don't really know um, 
I'm tired. Uh, I, I'm going to bed. Appreciate you guys listening in. Um, what else can I say? Enjoy, frown less. Let's go over right now to the introduction for today's guest. Hey, this is Rob Snyder, writer of Luke Combs' She Got the Best of Me, and you are listening to the HodgePodge podcast. On the podcast today, we have Freak the Baddest. If you're not familiar with Freak the Baddest, then you must not be familiar with the Bobby Bones show. That is the only reason that I know who Freak the Baddest is. Now, I got him on because there's a song that Bobby Bones does. It goes Tuesday, H-O-A, Tuesday. And they were doing it to Eminem, I think My Name Is, or The Real Slim Shady, one of those. And Freak the Baddest made the song that they use now for Tuesday. And so I got him on because he said, Freak the Baddest on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever you want to say. And, and, and that's how... I know who Freak the Baddest is. So I get him on, and we talk a lot about a lot. <laughs> we talk a lot about a lot of stuff. Like, So he talks about Bobby having bad blood with a radio station in Texas and how Freak the Baddest had some kind of a connection to that radio station and how he got Bobby's number and would text Bobby and say, hey, this is such and such from this radio station, and Bobby would block his number. I think he said he blocked it like three or four times. He tells that story. He's also telling about uh, how we first met Bobby and, and, and our encounters and how we feel about Bobby um, and the show, and we talk about is the show just characters playing roles or are they 100% legit real people? Um, so we're not just talking about Bibles, we're talking all about him being in a band and doing music for years. He talks about producing music now, he produces country music, pop music, any kind of music, he, he produces it all. But he's talking about being in, in a band for the Summer Slam Down Tour for WWE back in 2008-2009. Um, he talks about playing with Fozzie, and he, he gives me some information about... <clears throat> About Y2J, Chris Jericho, my hero, favorite wrestler of all time, and it man, it just made me smile. The whole podcast made me smile, and we get deep, and we get deep a little later on towards the end of the podcast about you know just life and just all that good jazz. So it's a great podcast. I was not going to put this up this week, this this, this podcast I'm listening to right now on this Monday, or whenever you're listening to it, but it went up on Monday. Um, it, it was not the episode that I had planned to come on here, but I enjoyed it and loved it so freaking much. And I was like, this can't wait, this has to go up, I'm not going to procrastinate, and wait, up. it's going up right now. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest, Freak the Baddest. That's cool. Sweet. I'm sorry, what was that? It looks like I got my interface to work. My my settings are jumping like crazy. Okay, if you can hear me, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's fine. No, we're good. Okay, cool. Well, we're, we were... Um, I, I got this thing set on Skype to where as soon as I record... Uh, as soon as I get a call, it records. So we've been recording for about a minute and a half, so... 
If, for those of you that that, does, that don't know, um, he's also he's in his studio right now. Uh, I, I guess you're at your studio trying to adjust your levels on your um, microphone and headphone set and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is why I wanted to get this guy on. This is Daniel, or he likes to go by Freak the Baddest for some reason that we're going to get to the bottom of here in a few um, <clears throat> I would have known who you are, dude, if it wasn't for my hero and the reason I did this podcast, Bobby Bones. <laughs> nice. So you did the, uh, for those of you that are a listener of Bobby Bones, you got this song that goes Tuesday. And for a while, they were using, hi kids, do you like I will see me stuff shining from Eminem, right? And I get. What did you do? Did you shoot him an email and say, "Hey, I created you a beat," or, or what did you do, real quick? Uh, I sent him a text message, and you, um, how'd you send him a text message? Did you have his number? Yeah. We're gonna get to the bottom of that too, but finish <laughs> finish what you were saying. You you sent him a text. Well, yeah. So I sent him a text message. I said, um, "What did I say to him?" Let me see. Okay. I will pull that up right now. Bobby. Go ahead, dude. I could have been a lot more prepared. No, dude. We're good. This is as real as it gets, dude. I, I don't <laughs> edit any I don't edit anything out because I just have this fear that people are gonna think that I'm fake. Because yeah, because I, I edit certain things out and me and my business partner butt heads over this a lot. Because he's like, it needs to be done professionally. But, dude, we're not professional. You, don't, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? There's two things between professional podcasters and people that just starting it to become professionals. You that know? makes and, a lot of sense. I mean, it's like being in a garage band or, I mean, it's exactly. pretty much Bobby's mantra, too. I mean, they're pretty much as real as it gets. And that's, and see, I took that and I took that and, and, and kind of Joe Rogan-esque and then kind of Howard Stern. Because Howard Stern's kind of trash. So, like, he'll burp on yeah. national radio and then people think that's funny um and then you know kind of joe rogan don't care what happens like you know he doesn't stop the podcast so if they have to pee or you know go to the bathroom they're gonna do it while the podcast is live and i, I yeah, thought that was like, so, i thought that was fantastic and i thought it was so interesting because it's like no one has done that before and i think once that happens Stern people... broke a lot of rules <laughs> and <laughs> a lot so... Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and and two, I mean, I get it for sure. It's um, it it's like the listeners are in the room with us, and and that's sure. super cool. So this is what I sent Bobby. I said, "Hey, Bobby, right. uh, I'll make you guys a beat for Tuesday for free uh, at Freak the Baddest. I'll shoot it over by Monday evening. Something similar to the Eminem style and key you normally sing in, so it's comfortable. I got you. Fire thumbs up. He said, "Great." If we use it to studio record, I'll pay you, obviously. So it sounds good. And then I just texted him the beat um, on Sunday at like 9.30 p.m. So I was like, you know, I'll give me a deadline by Monday evening. But if I finish <laughs> it by then, I'm going to go ahead and send it to him. I said, uh, eight bar intro, the rest should fit your lyrics. Thumbs up. And send it over to him. The thing that sucks, though, is... is they haven't done any post-show pre-shows really since. In a long time, huh? I know. He's been gone. Um, and they just they haven't they haven't done it on Tuesday. No. I think they've no. done like one or two, but the thing is is he hasn't 
he hasn't caught the beat at the right time either. I structured mm-hmm. it all out for him for everything to hit right. And so Raymundo and I have been talking back and forth a lot and um, just on Instagram. And so I'm going to make sure that Ray has an updated version. If they're not going to do the eight bar, if they're only going to do a four bar intro, then I'm just going to cut that out and, and let them hit it because he's not waiting as long as he did the first mm-hmm. time he did it all the way through. And that's what I, that's, that's what I structured it off of. He, they're jumping in really quick. Right. So, I, re- I, I realized that like, like, I don't know a lot about, you know, I write songs or poems, whatever you want to call them, but yeah. I, Cannot read a music note to save my life, but I do understand when someone comes in early, and I do think they were coming in maybe two, maybe three bars early than what they should because of how you can tell if anyone that listens to music or is a music nerd like myself, you can tell the difference between an intro and where everything is supposed to line up. Like you'll hear like a dun 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 dun. dun. Let's let's take the Eminem for example. Da, 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 da. That's the intro, but then when it goes and then it hits, that's when you're supposed to do it. So I do understand when you send they're hitting it early. They're hitting it two, maybe three, maybe even four bars early, like you said. Well, yeah, and that so the horns are actually supposed to come in on the second chorus. And okay. so there's that intro chorus, it's chill. Um, the beat gets a little bit harder on the verse, and then that second chorus, that's when the horns come in, and then everything drops out but the 808 on that really funny bridge that they did that came out of my mom. And so <laughs> that that's supposed to hit a lot differently. So I'm I'm definitely going to send him, and I told him too, um, that I'll send all the stems to the mixing engineer. Uh, whoever mixes it so they can you know they can go there and mix it i mean i'm getting my master's right now in music production from berkeley uh, so i know how to mix and all that as well and it's all mixed very well but still a mixing engineer is going to want to make sure that their voice you know fits in the mix very well everything's you know kind of surrounding it so uh, i want to make sure that he has all the the proper stuff and that way i can be a go-to person that's the sure. goal in this is for Bobby to be like, Hey, we have this idea for the song. Let's reach out to that freak guy. He, he had us a <laughs> two days, you uh-huh, know, uh-huh, like uh-huh, that show uh-huh. that dependability. The, that was the whole, the whole reason why I did it was I like being the go-to guy and I'm the go-to guy for a lot of people, but not anyone on the level of Bobby. And, uh-huh. you know, so if I could be, his go-to guy or someone that he recommends to anybody else. I mean, the dude's a, he's in the industry. I mean, he knows everyone. Mm -hmm. So if there's a country artist that's, you know, thinking, you know, I'd like to uh, do a song kind of like, like a Sam Hunt type song or a, um, you know, what's his nuts? The uh, little Nas X, you know, I can do that (laughs) stuff all day. And Mm -hmm. so I want to be that go-to guy. So if he's like, you know, he knows I can pump out a track in two days to him, you know, then mm-hmm. he can be like, yeah, dude, reach out to freak the baddest. You know, it's, it's all about just meeting people and getting yourself out there. And I haven't done that in years, man. Um, I'm very private. I mean, my studio is private. I work with the very select people, you know, it's in my home. And so I don't like Mine I too. Don't advertise. Mine yeah. Too. So you don't want to advertise to everybody. Hey, come over to my house, my home with my mm-hmm. wife and my two kids. 
and come over and record a song when I don't know you. So it's very select who I work with, so don't advertise my studio. But that also hurt me when he shouted me yeah. out, and I had no content, really. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even use Instagram. It's like family pictures and pictures of my kids. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I've got to start getting content on, um, on Instagram. So that's a goal of mine this year. That was definitely a resolution is, you know, make sure that I'm prepared if I get another shout out and people come look at my page. Because what was crazy is, you know, I sent this to them on Sunday, right? Sure. Well, Monday was Veterans Day. I am at, I am at my kid's school. I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. So thank you for your service, man. Um, so I went to Veterans Day with the kids and my wife and we're eating and, um, <laughs> I'm getting all these Instagram friend requests from like middle-aged women. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, Hey babe, um, <laughs> don't really know why, but look at all these Karens that just added me on Instagram. Mm. And she's like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. So I'm looking through and then I start seeing Bobby bone show, Bobby bone show, you know, on their page. Mm. I'm like, mm. Oh, he must've shouted me out. This is so cool. So yeah. immediately, when I got back to work, um, I went and looked, I went and listened to the show was uploaded by then and heard it and then saw that they posted the video on Facebook. So cut out the video, posted it on Instagram. I was like, I got to be really right. select on how to do this. And then they reposted it and got more likes and stuff. So I was like, man, this is really cool. You know, I got some friend requests off of this. I got a, noticed a little bit, you know, um, hopefully they do it some more. Hopefully they record the song in the studio and, I can, you know, get my name out there a little bit. And the cool thing is, is all the money that they make off of, um, off of all the raging idiots goes to St. Jude. And that's what I would want. I mean, yeah, to get my, have my name mentioned a couple of times is cool, but that's something I would definitely say, no, man, just keep, let it keep going to St. Jude. This is raging idiots. Um, that's super cool. I know how important that is because it's happened to me before. Uh, do you remember my business partner? He, he was uh, – I gave him the nickname Eric the Tattoo Guy because he was the one that called and he got Bobby tattooed on his forearm. Yeah. Do you remember – you know who I'm talking about? Yes. I remember both of you guys. You okay. You know, I listened to – the show I listen to it on the way to work. Um, yeah. The podcast um, I, I'll usually listen to it. You know, I work in a call center, so um, I, I do um, commercial sales for the telecommunication company in town. Okay. So I sell to businesses, um, and so I'm listening to stuff all day long, whether it's an audiobook or whether it's right. you know, a podcast or whatever. So I'm always listening, you know, to whatever the newest episode. So I've I've heard when they've talked spoken to you and then yeah, the tattoo guy <laughs> as well. I think for the last maybe three or four years, mm-hmm. um, I've listened to the show. So I haven't missed an episode in three or four years. Oh, dude. And it is so bad because this week we're recording, they're actually on break from Christmas. And so it's like it's it's killer because I literally work my schedule around the time the show goes up. Because I feel <laughs> No, I mean, I'm dead serious. Like, if it's not. But a, what about t- those days that it doesn't get loaded until like afternoon? See, that's, you, that's you've seen those days, though, right? Where they go up at twelve forty-five, and I'm like, all right. Well, when I'm when I mean get my schedule started, I mean like if there are dishes from the night before. I I like listening to like 
a podcast while I clean or or while I take a shower. Or, yeah. But if I like if I have to run errands, sure I'll run errands without listening to it. But if I have stuff to do in the house or edit a podcast or book podcast, then I like listening to to the Biobone Show because it just it was it's my been, it's been my daily routine since I was a uh, junior in high school, and that was. Yeah, right around three and a half, four years ago. That's awesome. But dude, the coolest thing was um, he did the same thing for me. Well, here's here's another wilder story. I don't know if I've ever told it. I might have told it when me and Big Shrimp, which is Eric the Tattoo Guy, when we collaborate on our podcast together. I interviewed – I heard Eric the Tattoo Guy get on the podcast, and he was like, dude, I'm getting a tattoo. And he's like, don't do it. And yeah. <laughs> never, never. I, I never met this guy before in my life. And then a few months before that, I had interviewed Bobby's sister, Amanda, uh-huh. for my podcast. And he had been mutual friends with Amanda. And I said, I think that's the guy that got the tattoo. And so we befriended each other over Facebook and Instagram. And then I said, hey, man, jump on my podcast. Talk about the tattoo. I'm talking about Bobby Bones the first time. Y- yada, yada, yada. We didn't speak nothing. I put it up. I think I put it up that night because we did it around lunchtime. I put it up that night. Didn't tag anybody. Didn't put anything up. Neither did he. And the next day, Eric calls into the podcast or calls into the show. And, then, and Bobby goes, dude, you did a podcast? talking about it and he said the hodgepodge podcast right and i'm like my mind is being blown at the moment (laughs) because i'm like how did this happen because and then now it's gotten to the point where on twitter bobby had asked somebody he had said if anybody knows is tech witty and knows how to do a lot of stuff my wikipedia is false i need someone to fix it so i know how to do that so I started to edit a little bit, screenshotted it, and tweeted it over to Bobby. He private messages me, private messages me and says, hey, man, I appreciate that. Do all this for me and yada, yada. Well, Big Shrimp or Eric comes down, and we go see Bobby Bones live and, and right here in my hometown. And, dude, he recognized us from the time because here's the thing. We were sitting kind of in the back orchestra section, and they were coming. They had turned the lights off, and everyone started screaming, and I felt someone punch me in my arm. And I looked over at Eric. I said, some motherfucker just punched me in my shoulder because I'm sitting on the aisle seat. So I know no one accidentally did it because it's sitting in the middle. And I look up, and Bobby's running right past me, moving his arm back. So he had seen exactly where we were, knew where we were at, who we were with, what we were doing, called Eric up on stage, shouted me out up on stage. And after the show, he was like, hodgepodge, man, what's going on? Appreciate you doing the podcast. I listened a little bit. And I'm like, holy crap. And, you know, you know, it's just like, what if this was Howard Stern? Howard Stern has so many listeners that he doesn't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm not. He's not going to see me on the street and go, "Oh, you're, 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 you know, you're D Hodge from the podcast." Bobby would because he knows exactly who I am. This is my belief. I think he knows exactly who I am for some stupid reason that is yet to be 
morphosized in my brain. Like, you know, I'm just a listener, but I've gotten his attention from doing this podcast. For sure. And it's like, it's one of the most humble things, but it's also like, hey, I got Bobby Bones approval on this podcast, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, even as a listener, I knew exactly who you were when, um, whenever you reached out about um, doing the podcast interview. Mm-hmm. Just be, just from that episode, I mean, it stood out that much. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think you're the the only person I've ever heard that has got on and really promoted their podcast that wasn't a celebrity on his show. <laughs> well, I try I to do think it of anyone else. You know, I heard him, the only reason I do that was because I heard him say free advertisement where, where necessariness needs is not going to hurt. And once he, we were talking, I was like, I think I know what you're talking about because I had called in and asked about Eddie um, doing the uh, a bit that or something that he had promised and he didn't do. And I said, I'm the guy that did the podcast about you. And the Ooh, reason was it the the football tickets? Yes, that's it. Yeah. That the whole <laughs> I reason that. My, the whole reason my name is D Hodge on the podcast and not my full name like I used to go by is because Bobby Bones said over the phone, I don't know who Dylan Hodge is. When when Eric had called and talked about the podcast, and he stopped, he, and he if you listen, he stopped for a minute. He goes, Dylan Hodge, D Hodge, and I was like, he knows that because I had given him a fr- like a uh, like the TV show Friends. I knew he was a fan of it, so I went bar uh, was at a thrift store and I bought him a big. It was a big Friends book, and I flipped through it, and I was like, I'm going to give this to him. But here's the deal. I'm gonna write him a note in like on the the back flaps of the book. And every time I did it, I signed D. Hodge. So I knew he wasn't joking around saying it. He knew exactly who it was because oh, yeah. of how I signed my name before. <laughs> and it was one of the coolest things, and it's just like and every now and then I will find Mike D looking at my Instagram stories just out of nowhere. Like I don't tag him, he doesn't follow me. Just out of nowhere, Mike Distro looked at your Instagram story, and I'm like, "How? Like, you know what I mean? How?" Hey, Mike D's cool, man. I like it, Mike. And my my whole thing is kind of like a conspiracy theory. They're watching me to see how well the podcast is doing because they actually care. That's my conspiracy theory. It's not saying that's 100 percent true, but why else would he be looking? You know, every other month or something. You know, I mean, dude, they're on Instagram hours a day, right? All the time. I mean. Hours a day. So, yeah, they're they're checking out their fans and the fans that stand out. I mean, they're going to keep on checking out. So, I want to continue this conversation. But first, I want to know, you have Bobby's number. Do you do, Have you worked for him? Is that how you have his number or, or what? I, Bo- I mean, Bobby <laughs> used to be on the radio station here in town. He's not anymore. Okay. Right. So, I have, I've worked. You know, I have my best friend is a DJ at the radio station. He's the okay. afternoon DJ there. So, okay. yeah, I've worked with, you know, the show whenever he came down here and performed. Actually, I want to say Justin the Suit is Justin the, the one suit. <laughs> that gave me his number years ago. And and the thing is, is so when I, I got his number probably four years ago, right? Well, I 
I texted him once. I was like, hey, dude, I don't even remember what it was. But we texted back and forth about a couple things. I think he played one of my friend's songs on his show. And I was like, hey, thanks for playing uh, April's song on the show. Sounded awesome. Really appreciate it. And he responded back. Um, yeah, no problem. I heard she wrote it with Miranda and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. and so we would text back. If, if Arkansas, if I saw Arkansas one, I'd be like, <laughs> you know, um, whatever. And, and so little every once in a while, if something reminded me, hey, I should text Bobby, you know, just like it'd be like any other friend. You know, you listen to... The more you listen to the show, the more you feel like they're your friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I would just every once in a while. But then one time I texted him and he said, new phone, who dis or whatever. <laughs> and then and the funny thing is, is he has said that twice when I have texted him. Oh. And but he has said that on the show, but he really didn't text that. He even said it on this thing, but he never actually texted that. I think that's his little go-to funny thing. Um, but he did do that, and I was like, hey, you know, this is Daniel from this. And both times I had mentioned the radio station, mm-hmm. and he never responded after that. I was like, he's blocked me. I was like, that mm. sucks, you know? Um, so obviously he has bad blood with the radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so... Oh, okay. That's, cool. Yeah, because they don't they don't have any more. Now they have um this dude that sounds like uh the Jerry Seinfeld on the B movie. Um I can't even think of his name. <laughs> He's terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um and uh man, I can't even think of his name. It's something oh Fitz. Dude's terrible. Um hang on, I'll look it up real quick. You said it F- was the B F- movie. If, if, no, it's F it's he sounds like um Seinfeld's character on the B movie. But his name is Fitz, is the, the DJ now in the morning here on the, the local radio show. Um, so, you know, I texted him and then I texted him something else. And it was during, I didn't, it was during the post show, pre show. This was a couple of years, like a year or so ago. And he's like, he's like, hey, uh, I just got a text from a number that I don't know. Oh, it's from them. And then he blocks it again. And I'm like, what an asshole. You know, <laughs> so, so he like, blocked he so he blocked your number. Yeah, twice, and so oh. I had gotten a new number, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I'll text you know Bobby from this number. I'll say, hey, this is so and so." And he blocked it again, and I was like, "All right, next time I ever text him, I'm not gonna say I'm from that radio <laughs> station. Oh, so that I'm that's affiliated why, with it. That's why he had blocked your number at first because you were associated with that radio station that he has bad yes. blood with. That, that okay." Is, Oh, this is my, this is just my logic. (laughs) This is my hypothesis. Um, So I had recently got a new number um, back in like October. And so I was like, all right, if I'm going to ever text Bobby again, it needs to be something that either I can offer or help out with. So I am listening to the show and I'm here. I heard on one episode that he asked, um, Ray, he was like, man, we need a we need a better beat for this. We can't use this beat. And Ray's going through picking out a couple beats, and they're all terrible. And I'm like, yeah, um, they do need a beat. And so that's when I reached out, and I was like, hey, man, I'll make you a beat. Easy as that, because that way I'm offering something. And he's like, oh, cool, you know, this is someone that can help me. And so I knew it. I had to be strategic if I reached out if reached out again. But like, as far as like 
you know, with Bobby, I, I mean, I've met him a couple times, you know, when mm-hmm. they played here in town and they did like a, a local thing, you know, here with the radio station years ago, but he wouldn't know who I was, you know, like if he wouldn't like with you, he wouldn't, if he walked into a room and saw me, he wouldn't be like, ah, hey, that's freak the baddest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a producer, man, I've, I've changed my name so many times and I have to stick with freak the baddest now. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and that's cool. There, you know, you asked, you said earlier, you were talking about like how I got the name and, um, one of my best friends uh, goes by Regal Noise um, at Regal Noise on Instagram. Amazing cool artist as well. Yeah, um, and um, so him and I have been doing music together for like nine years, and dude is talented. We have made some amazing records together. Hmm. Well, and in his song "Chill Nirvana," he says "Freak the Baddest" with it, talking about how you know I produced it, I made the beat, and. Um, All right. So my name was Noise Freak for a long time and um, Regal Noise and Noise Freak. And um, if you Googled or went on anything, Noise Freak would come up because there was like the Noise Freaks. And I was like, I can't think of anything with Freak that you could Google or search on Spotify or whatever that other things aren't going to pop up. Right. You want to want if someone searches something, that's you. And. I called him. I called my buddy one day and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go by freak the baddest. And this is six months ago. I'm going to change all my handles. I'm going to grab it. I'm sticking with it. I've changed my name so many times, all my handles and everything. And I was like, I'm going to stick with it, man. I like it. You shout it out that way in the song and it just rolls off the tongue. Um, I'm not going to do the baddest or that. It's just freak <laughs> the baddest. Mm. And, um, then when he shouted it out, I was like, yeah, I got to keep this. <laughs> it's it's solid. Glad I changed it. So, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it, man. I am looking at your Instagram right now, which is at Freak the Baddest. It's going to be in the, Insta, uh, the information below. Um, you have 1,400, almost 1,500 followers. <laughs> I'm Because, and what's cool is, Raymundo from the podcast, uh, for Bobby Bunch is actually following you, which which I find very cool. Him and I have been talking a lot back and forth um, since that day. He reached out and oh, I told okay. I told him I was you know because he's getting into music and um, we're both really big into sports and betting and all that. So we're always you know texting back locks and stuff and um, you know just anything. You know I congratulated him on his engagement the other day and he's thanks bro. Just said congrats, pimp. You know and um, just so, anything back and forth. Um, you know, we usually talk a couple times a week. So he hit you up first about uh-huh. what? Like, oh, what did he, what, what was it? Hold up. Okay, 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 cool. Let me see. I think he just said, like, congrats on the shout out. Really? Yeah. Raymundo, where the F is my <laughs> shout out? <laughs> when are you going to message oh, me and say? Said- he said November twelfth, five twenty-seven a.m. Congrats, pimp. Said appreciate it, fam. Fist pump. So, and then you we did, just started talking since then. So you didn't know him from from Adam there, right? No, no, he just reached out. That's cool. You're raised pimp. I am raised pimp. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. I was gonna go about thirty minutes, dude. But if but if you're free to go more, dude, I'm actually enjoying this chat. Yeah, for sure. Well, so 
I got to tell you something too. So mm-hmm. you know, I've been okay. in the industry for a while. Um, you know, I was in bands since mm-hmm. 2007, toured a lot. Um, and you know, when, when you're in a band, there's always that one person that just, yeah, it's just not fun. <laughs> and it's usually the drummer and I've played guitar and sang for a long time. And so, you know, I've done music where I've sang country to punk rock, hip hop, R and B, everything. So that's where the freak, you know, I've heard it my whole life. Dude, you're a freak. Like, how do you do all these styles of music? Cause I can have a country act come in the studio and then a full band. And the next day I could have a pop punk band and then, mm-hmm. you know, have an R and B group and it's, and I, can produce them and i and you know it's that mtv generation and you know but i can also sing it and and record it and all that as well but when you're in a when you're in a band you've got to worry about everyone else and i got tired of it man i mean it's you've i was like i can do all this myself why am i worrying about four other people all the time and the drummer doesn't show up to practice or you know the singer's sick or the bassist you know wife or girlfriend's pregnant and he's got to move or whatever he can't go on tour and so i got into producing i was like you know i can go and record the drums and the guitars and the bass and sing and and do it all and have a lot more fun that way and then just work with buddies, other producer buddies. Sure. And so started doing that back, you know, around the same, you know, around the same time, but really got into it around 2010. Um, so that's been, you know, a musical, my musical journey, you know, I've done, I did, you know, warp tour and I did a summer slam down tour with the WWE back in 2008 and 2009. And hold up, I'll snow and I'm like, this dude's a wrestling fan. I've got to mention this to him. <laughs> so I grew up watching wrestling as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. love Stone Cold. Yeah, My man. Favorite wrestler of all time uh, has to be Shawn Michaels, Heartbreak Kid. Um, so, you know, but growing up watching that, and then there was a gap of about eight years. So I watched up until about 2000. Mm-hmm. I never got big into John Cena. Um, <laughs> it got up until like the rock stone cold. Um, but I was huge, you know, NWO and NWO Wolfpack back WCW yeah. and WWF wars and all that, that Monday night wars and all that. That was, you know, like sixth grade for me. Uh, so, I mean, I wore my NWO Wolfpack shirt to school. I mean, that was like my favorite shirt. And uh, so, but there was like eight years, right. Where, Right. I didn't watch wrestling. Well, then in 2008, I was in a band. We were on Warp Tour. And then there was this band called Flash Cassidy that was not a big band at the time. But their agent was also had a lot of WWE talent under him mm-hmm. and asked them if they wanted to do this thing called the Summer Slam Down Tour. So what that was was, you know... um, there would be a show like an after party after the the recordings or the live, whatever, whether it was a house show or whether it was a raw and SmackDown taping at once or separate or whatever, there'd be like a part an after party afterwards and we would play and they had already done it the year before the year prior. And they're like, dude, it's so much fun. And so they needed a second guitarist. So I jumped on tour with them. Dude, this was the most fun tour. And um, so did you get to meet any kind of wrestlers? Because that's really the only thing. (laughs) All of of them. 
Um, so the cool thing was, is I know you're a Fozzie fan. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, a Jer- I'm a Jericho-holic. I am the Jericho. biggest, the biggest Jericho fan of all time. He is the greatest heel of all time. Yes. Yeah, I don't want babyface Jericho. He's great. I want yeah. my, let, me, let me tell you my favorite Jericho. You probably don't know. My favorite Jericho is the short, spiked up suit Jericho. Yeah, oh yeah, just, I know the, that just the meanest prick on the planet. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I love how he kind of stays in character, kind of like kind of like Daniel Day Lewis does when he acts. Like if he's a heel, he is not going to stop and best, take a picture. Man. He's not going to stop and take a picture with you at the airport. People are like, "That's a dickish move," but no, it's it's called kayfabe. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? for sure. He's always in character. Now I will say this: when when we played with Fo- we got to play with Fozzie a bunch. Oh my and, god! Uh, and the they're okay, but what? he's just he's just <laughs> insane. I mean, the dude is awesome, and and there were times where he was out of character and he was just super cool. Um, yeah. we got to play with Jeff Hardy's band a couple of times too, and okay, they're like bunch of random numbers and letters they're uh, a little too weird for my taste yeah. of music I, I, I mean no no hate if you like it you like it but it's just I a like, little but i like too, i like jeff hardy you know i grew up I, watching I like him. Him. Oh, but, me too me too but the band was they were okay you know fozzy was fun i mean they were just crazy um but yeah that i got to meet you know sean michaels um the, the craziest thing was that no one believes me is that the main person that worked with us like work that was over all the after party stuff and making sure that we were taken care of was vicky guerrero wow is the nicest person on the planet i've heard i've heard dude she was so freaking cool so how long has it been since you've worked with wwe two years 2008 it's been over it's been 12 years okay then this is okay give me because I, I get, I know if you're lying or not. Because I, I know that much wrestling history and background and stuff. Yeah. Who, who is actually a dick, and that you that you met who that that just didn't meet your standards? Like I don't want you to if you don't if you feel uncomfortable, don't do it. But like I've heard, Randy Orton's just a big prick. That Randy don't... Orton was cool because the band was from St. Louis, and so even a lot of the uh. other just like worshipped Randy, and so. I never got that from him because they were sucking his balls the entire time, you know, um, just because he was from St. Louis and they they just got along. Um, I would say, man, Bo Dallas. Well, it was Husky Harris was Bray Wyatt at the time, right? Uh-huh. He was super cool because back then he was Bray Wyatt now. Uh-huh. And that was the cool thing about him. It's, he was just dark and funny and uh-huh. just thought of, I mean, but he wasn't Husky Harris. And so, but Bo Dallas was a dick. Um, really? Rick Flair. And I love Rick Flair. He, he, was <laughs> the type of person that, he was the type of person that I never got to meet Stone Cold. Um, oh. I know. Right. Have you got uh, to meet the Rock? Nope. Didn't get to meet the rock. Um, let me tell you. Let me tell you how close. Let me tell you how close right. I came. I came to meeting my hero because Chris Jericho is one of my heroes because 
he said once before, don't let anyone tell you you can't go and achieve two different realities. He said, I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be a wrestler. I chased them both, and people told me I couldn't do it. But look at me now. I'm a rock star, and I'm a wrestler. He's and to me, that was, to me, it was like, look at this. I want to do a podcast, but I also want to branch off and be a successful entrepreneur with with big music and entertainment stuff, like yeah. and having that kind of thing. I came so close. They came to 30 minutes from where I live. And I'm, I did not get the chance to buy a Fozzie ticket because if I bought a ticket at this place, it came with a free meet and greet or so, something so, something that if you paid $150, you got a 45-minute short set of songs that they were not going to perform, a free T-shirt, hassle-free merch, meet and greet, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, $150? Bucks, are you serious? Like this – and you get a free mini concert. How – that, that that's not expensive to me at all. And I took that and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I never went. And people said that Jericho stayed afterwards at the bar, bought everyone in the room a round of whiskey and said, drink it in, man, and took a shot. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never drank in my life. But if Jericho buys you a drink, you can't not drink it. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I came that close, man. I was like, it gnaws at me today because I I don't think Fozzie's the best rock band. I believe they're pretty good for a wrestler's band. Yes. <laughs> that yes. But well, it's Jericho. I mean, you're paying money to see Chris Jericho. You're oh, not 100%, paying money to 100%. hear the music. I will say this. I do remember. I mean, again, this was 12 years ago, but I can, will always remember. The drink that he got every time was Red Bull and vodka. Okay, that you know what that's called? Drink. You know what it's called? Red Bull and vodka. It's called a uh, yeah boy. Really? That must be a new thing because <laughs> that that no, that's his name for <laughs> that's his name for that drink. A yeah boy. Really? He, he, yeah, yeah. It, oh, dude, well, I, I tell you, I, 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 I'm freaky. I I know, I know all about it. <laughs> it's weird, like. It's weird how obsessive I can get over so, like certain stuff, like Jericho, for example. I probably know There's everything. There's a video of me and him. I've got to find it. It's got to be like on like an old laptop of mine. That's me and him chugging a beer and then chugging a Red Bull and vodka. <laughs> there is a video of me and him doing that, and he's we say I forgot what he said. I said something retarded. <laughs> no offense to the retarded people out there, but I said something retarded. Um, I'm not very PC, by the way. But um, <laughs> but it's like Red and Red Bull and Vodka, this is what we do, or something dumb. And then he said, he might have said, yeah, boy, I don't remember. But And then we chug it after the beer. And... Um, uh, I, but that was every single time that I saw him before the charge. We were just walking around or, you know, we were backstage weather. I remember, I do remember we, us, we played at Pops in Sage, Illinois together. We played in Davenport, Iowa at this really cool place with Blind Melon, too. They also played that night. 
And then we play with we played in Frankfurt, Illinois, too, with them. It was all these. Like, these were like where these where they had like their they would do like a a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, house shows. Um, and then we would do these after parties. And then the big parties would be at hotels um, after they're usually like at like a W or some like a really nice hotel. We'd have an after party and it'd be like a lot of the NXT guys. And then a bunch of the guys that didn't have families, you know, a bunch of the single guys and the single divas and stuff would come down. And then a bunch of like the, the new talent that they were working with. Cause you know, there's always a lot of people backstage at the WWE shows, you know, that, that aren't wrestling that night. They're just watching they have to be there. Yeah. Um, yes, they have to be there. And so and a, and a lot of the older guys were um were they are there too, but they're working as executives or writers and all this stuff. So we'd always run into, you know, some of the older dudes, you know, walking around and you know, definitely got to meet Mick Foley a couple times. Oh, MVP, that guy was a dick. Um Really? Yeah. Um I just remember that. Where is he? What is he doing now? You know, I, I think he's doing. I, I haven't seen that guy in probably ten years. I, I I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. I'm try, I'm working with this company, or we're we're exchanging information, and if I they're putting me on this kind of because there's there's some people you can't get for free. There's some people if you don't have a name you have to pay for. Yeah, for sure. And one of my one of my biggest dreams is to have some of the biggest wrestlers on the podcast. And I got with this company and they said, "Look, man, we can basically get you anyone you want, but it's going to come a big price." Yeah. And so MVP is on the list that they book for like if you want these wrestlers to appear at your birthday party or yeah. no, I mean no no if it's MVP, but yeah. that here, Hang on, let me let me find this piece of paper and I can tell you exactly that's crazy how, mu- how much everybody is. He right just here. Disappeared though. Who he was his tag team partner back then? It was two black dudes. But I can't remember who it was. I don't even remember what they were called. He used to come out and he had the big gold thing, right? The, like the blow up gold thing he'd walk through. And he but he had it wasn't our truth. That dude's hilarious. No. He is the same. Our truth is the same person that he is in the ring behind the microphone backstage that dude is really 100 our truth and he is hilarious he is constantly making jokes he could do stand up for an hour and i would just listen to it dude's insane well of what i found of mvp he became tag team champion with his odd partner of matt hardy oh he was in a he was in a duo when, whenever we were back in like 2008, because it was Miz and Morrison. Yes, what it says. It was where like all the blingy stuff, like the uh, let me look, like let me look, like the look. affliction type, uh, right. you know, like bedazzled, whatever. They were a good tag team though. I wish they'd do that again since he's back. Man, I can't. I can't watch it right now though. I can't. It's. I'll, I will watch Mania. I'll probably watch Royal Rumble this year. SummerSlam, and then I'll go on like Wrestling Inc. every once in a while, or go on YouTube. See what's happening? Watch. Yeah, I'll watch like that three minute. Here's what happened on Raw. Dude, but CM Punk is... being back just yeah. on the commentary on Fox is really cool. I love CM Punk. Me too. 
they effed him over in the wrong way. And I would not blame him if he did not come back. I was not going to blame him one bit because they just effed him over in the long run because he was beating Cena out of merchandise sales, of ticket sales. He was selling arenas out. And he was my just... favorite wrestler at the time. Me too. Me too. I loved CM Punk. And the whole straight edge society and all that was Yeah. Super... It was different. and But real quick, dude, I found this piece of paper that I was telling you about that this company. I'm not going to name the company. Okay. But they told me that they can get from WWE and AEW and TNA would basically be around three to $500 a piece because that would be a lot of work for them to do because they have to go through talent relations. They have to go through this and get it equal. But here are the two big things that got me, dude. He said, the guy that I was talking to said he could get me Dwayne Johnson for 25 minutes for $1,000. But the only wow. kicker but the only kicker would be I would have to interview Rocky Johnson for a full hour. Are you kidding me? I get to uh, <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer and The Rock for $1,000. I mean, I don't care if I, if, if I have a six-minute interview with The Rock – I'm lucky enough to get that six minutes, and I'm going to take it and run with it. Yeah. It would be the best six-minute podcast I've ever gotten done in my life. So and then, it sucks because I missed a lot of The Rock. A lot. Like, he yeah. left right when I got back into wrestling. And that was because of that tour and because that band was huge WWE fans. And so they kind of filled me in a little bit. I'm like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? You know, oh, so-and-so's back, you know? Um, so, but I didn't really get to, like, just, I didn't get to just go crazy over The Rock or Cena. Like, Cena annoys me. Um, but I can always, I, I grew up watching Jericho. I love Jericho. I mean, he. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah, I want to. I, I want to say something about The Rock. I'm, you can call me a hypocrite if you want to, because I do flip out when The Rock just makes surprise appearances. Of course. But for me, I think he might be one of the nicest guys, but I think he could be a dick. And let me tell you why. Because his name has always been The Rock. You don't yep. know him as Dwayne Johnson. He went from Dwayne the Rock Johnson to now Dwayne Johnson. Yep. And he never comes back for any kind of wrestling unless it's a big appearance as Mania or he's in a new movie of some sort. So I remember he came back when the Page movie came out or he's promoting yeah. a, a show or something. That was a good movie. It was, wasn't it? The Page I, movie? I enjoyed it. The fighting I with your see. family or fighting, fighting with my family. I thought it was a great yeah. movie. And the thing also about The Rock is I think he did the Fast and Furious people dirty. Like, really dirty. And why I say that is they had a whole storyline to go to 10 movies. And because, have you ever seen them? Man, I saw like the first three. Okay. Well, the reason I'm asking is he, he came in at five, right? He came yeah, in at five and was supposed to do 10 apparently of what i've heard well after the eighth one came out they were like it's going to be a while before we do the ninth one 
So they want to have some sort of a spinoff. And it was in the runnings of Tyrese Gibson and a bunch of other people. And The Rock said, no, F all of you guys. We're going to do a Hobbs and Shaw movie because no one cares to watch a Tyrese Gibson-based Fast and Furious movie, which I agree with. But here's the dirty part that I think he did him dirty as. He does the Hobbs and Shaw movie and says, okay, Fast and Furious, I am not doing 9 and 10. We have no agreement. I'm I'm out. So at, so at a point, he was looking – he was looking out for himself in a way, but he was also kind of what happened here. And it was weird for me because Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson, they had like serious beef because of this situation. And during, I think it was the eighth one or the seventh one, they disliked each other so much that when the making of the movie was happening in Hobbs, or, or the Rock and Vin Diesel had to be together. They were separate. They had to morph them two together with CGI because they hated so <laughs> they hated each other that much. They would literally wow. break out into a fist fight. And I'm just like, could I love the Rock or not? And <laughs> as a wrestler, just not Dwayne Johnson. Man, you know, I'll tell you what though, him and Kevin Hart's chemistry though is awesome. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, on social media, on like mm-hmm. talk shows in Jumanji, it's all good, man. They, their their chemistry is hilarious. You could say wrestling is acting if you want to. Oh, for sure. But for me, I like Dwayne Johnson better as an actor. I'm get here because I wasn't there to witness the high point of The Rock. Right. My generation was John Cena, uh, uh, CM Punk. That was my generation was right there. Yeah. And, you know, now, of course, if a, like, let's, let's take Michael Jackson, for example. Michael Jackson is not dead to us because we still have his music. And it's like, yeah, for sure. well, if he was still living, he probably wouldn't be releasing music. We'd be listening to this anyways. And that's kind of how it is with wrestling to me is like, okay, if they if they're dead, well, guess what? I'm gonna watch this match and he's not gonna be to me. You know, for sure. And, and that and that's kind of how kind of how I relive some of what everyone's talking about, like the Hogan and Andre match at WrestleMania three. Yeah. I own it. I was not even probably even thought of when that was happening, but I got to relive the hype. Probably not as much hype, but I got to See, live that's that I used match. to I used to watch wrestling in late eighties, early nineties. And yeah. it was awesome, man. And then during that during the Monday Night Wars, it was so good. And then the Attitude Era, it was awesome. And then ever since then, it just gets worse and worse every year. <laughs> Dude, it is shoving Roman Reigns down our throats for over a year and then Brock getting the title and not just not even fucking being there. And yeah, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't make like what are the writers thinking? And but then then you get someone, you know, before AEW, you'd get like Jericho would come back and put someone over and you're like, yeah, this is cool. And then Cena would come back and put someone over and I'm like, okay, I get this. This is cool. But Right now, I mean, AEW's kicking their butts on Wednesday nights. Uh, you know, it's 
it's so much they get to do what they want to and that's cool nxt blows the wwe out of the water right now just the just because they're proving it they're out there actually putting on good matches and like guys like ziggler cool guy cool guy douchebag but cool guy (laughs) he he's actually one of my right now top 10 favorites of all yeah but he's never been booked properly and they they tried to do that with kofi this year right wrestlemania but still it wasn't believable it it should have been more believable it looked like like okay we're giving this to kofi but it just wasn't believable. It was like, no, Kofi's not gonna beat this guy. Or it's not gonna be that's not realistic. Like, there's Kofi's not gonna be Brock Lesnar. You know, that's not a realistic match. You've gotta have someone like Roman Reigns or Braun Strowman beat Brock Lesnar, and then you gotta have like a you know, a AJ Styles beat them or a Seth Rollins beat them and then have Rollins lose to like Daniel Bryan and then Kofi Kingston beats Daniel Bryan. It's got to go down. You can't put them two against each other. Here's my thing about Daniel Bryan. I love Daniel Bryan. I like him. I think he is a great technical wrestler. If you want to use wrestling as Jim Cornette's wrestling old school, he has that. But for me, he was pushed down our throats to the point where we had to like him. Like, and now Roman Reigns is being pushed down our throat to where we have to hate him. Yeah. And I think where they effed up Daniel Bryan was at WrestleMania. And I'll tell you why. When he won the championship at WrestleMania 30. Because you take a man of his stature. You take a man of his size. His shortness. His his doesn't weigh a whole lot. He beat Triple H. One of the main faces in WWE. And then goes on to become the underdog in the main event that night. And beats, what's it, Orton and Batista for the title. Yeah. And then... And then he just lost it like six months later to to whoever he lost it to. And it was just like, what was the point of that WrestleMania match just to give it hype? And then you know, that's what they do now. They, they give you so much. They give you what you're asking for just a little bit. And then the old man, Vince, comes in, knocks all your dominoes down, and you've lost the game. And it's yeah. just it, – like you said, it, it – I can't even watch it anymore. I watch AEW, but even AEW is kind of, and I think a lot of people are right. I don't know who some of these people are because I never yeah. watched the Japanese wrestling thing. And and it's I'm cool not... if you ever, if you <coughs> ever, how I can't remember what channel it's on, but I've got to watch it a couple of times. And you know, of course, YouTube you can go watch stuff, mm. but man, it's fun to watch. These guys are crazy. And I remember, um, what was it, like Jushin Thunder Liger, whenever he wrestled at a pay-per-view <laughs> a couple of years ago, I was like, who is this guy? I need to know who he is. So I look him up, and I'm watching. I'm like, this dude's crazy. And then I see some of the people he's fighting. I'm like, who's that? And then you just, you just go down that wormhole, and then you're watching all these matches, and you're like, these are five-star matches. Way better than the stuff on WWE right now. Like, And then you go and see, oh, there's... 
there's uh, Daniel Bryan, there's Chris mm-hmm. Jericho, there's these people, you know, there's um, AJ Styles, and and you're seeing these people, and they're like, they don't wrestle like that anymore. You know, you watch some of those, even even back in NXT when the Shield was on there, they're not wrestling like that anymore. Or when um, even Bo Dallas, he was he was really good. And then he they just make him a joke when he gets to the WWE. And so that transition between NXT and WWE, they haven't figured it out yet for a lot of people. Even even the females, they were doing it at they were doing it right at first when they when Bailey yes. and all them came out, they did that perfectly because because yes. like Bailey, Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte, that four horsemen, they did it right. After that, they haven't really nailed anyone. Maybe Oscar, they nailed her, but that was it. Nobody else I care about, and that's the problem. I don't care. That, that's the thing for me, and it's not that I'm sexist. But I don't like the, the, the women wrestling anymore because it's just WWE just kind of took it. They pushed way they, too many down our throats at one time. I can't well, tell half of them apart anymore. There's yeah. like there's like five blonde girls that all look the same. And AEW is doing it as well. They're not doing it as much. But the thing is with AEW, they – go on for 25 minutes and i'm like this there's no way in actuality she could fight for 25 minutes she may get 15 and it's just like go ahead and cut it you know what i mean cut the cord with it and give them 10 minutes of screen time don't go through four commercial breaks with a women's match because i'm just going to skip through it anyways so it doesn't matter but it's just that's why I like the, the YouTube videos that are like a minute and a half long and they show the beginning and the end of the match and you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> One good finisher and you're like, all right, that's all I needed. Yeah. I uh, I was going to make a statement and get back to the Bobby Bones thing, but I don't remember what my statement was going to be. It was something about wrestling, but you, you see how prepared I am. But, you're um, good, man. Anyways... Yeah, wrestling is um they they just need to go back to an attitude type era. The people that appreciate wrestling right now is the older generation and we are hanging on by a thread. By a thread. Young, yeah, and and it's and it's got to be more raw and they're doing it a little bit with the whole backstage punk thing and the talking and he's kind of going behind the scenes and saying it how it is and the interviews that showing people in real life and the, and you're seeing that the, the kayfabe but you're seeing like the opposite mm-hmm. side of it where they're like oh yeah this was a really fun match me and so and so you know we prepared and blah 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 and you're like okay cool like you're getting to see the real side of it because if you talk to someone that doesn't understand wrestling, they're like, how could you watch that? It's fake. Well, it's, it's not fake to us. You know, it's, we're watching it because of the drama. <coughs> we're also watching it because, you know, we've invested years in it and you're, you're watching the technical aspect of it and like, Whoa, you know, like they, they did it this way, but then you, you see someone like Cena and people are cheering him, but you're like, the guy can't sell crap. You know, like he he is the worst at selling anything, and the worst and, at calling matches. You can hear him say, "Hey, yeah. do a headbutt, come on, 
Exactly. <laughs> and and so we're criticizing that. Like, no, you can you can do this better. And so as a real wrestling fan, we're like critiquing the matches in the back of our head, like subconsciously. We're like, oh, or we're like, you know, this was awesome. I can't believe he turned this move into this. And, you know, and then he, you know, kicked out at the perfect time. What are they going to do next? You know, we want to see how the match is going to end, how they're going to tell the story. And yeah, we know it's not real, but it's cool. And we thought it was real when we were kids. And, and so we want that back and they're not giving it to us. And that's what sucks is like nothing right now is believable. And they're just shoving so much. And there's just the roster so full right now too. Like I was, I, you know, I'll, I'll click on YouTube and I'm like, Who the crap are the Viking Raiders? Like, why are these <laughs> right. guys here? You know? And then I see Rollins with AEP or whatever they're called. And I'm like, like, why, why yeah. is, why is he this is like whenever he was with the two little stooges so many years ago that were he was walking around with and i'm just like what are they doing right now like i'll watch i'll probably will watch royal rumble because i love royal rumble that's one of yeah. my favorite matches to watch hey can i tell you i don't want to spoil it for you but they've already announced who is winning the royal rumble this year well, so you might, what'd you say spoil it for me because i'm i'm read wrestling inc i mean they'll have backstage news and all that roman reigns why? Because they're gonna get him to beat a Brock Lesnar for the title for the fifteenth thousandth time. That nobody we realize they don't care. Have you not caught on that we do not care about the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns thing? Did you uh, did you watch Mania what last year? Yes. Did you it's see like where all the seven hours or whatever? That's a long time. That's, that's a lot of wrestling. And, and it's expensive. It's like eighty goddamn dollars. Cause I don't want to. Cause I don't have one of those smart TV, like the Apple TV, where you can get all the apps. Like my TV in my studio slash bedroom is the it, it has um, Hulu and Netflix. Okay, so if but, I want to watch, so if I want to watch Netflix, I have or, 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 or network, I have to watch it on my phone. It's <laughs> just like I don't. It's expensive. It's. I, hit it I need it, to I need to help you out with this because I haven't paid for a wrestling pay per view in years, and I will I will uh, I will tell you how to do that. So I I'll, think I know what you're talking about. Is it one of those uh, things that you can the sling TV things or what no? The, it's just okay. A, it's just a website you can go to and watch it. Oh, click, okay. Watch it for free, but then you just get a Chromecast for thirty bucks, hook it on your TV, and you can sling it from your computer to your TV. Oh, okay. Or see, I'm see, see how, how tech savvy well, I am. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will. I'll send you some links on Instagram. How about okay. Oh, hey, I remember the thing I was going to talk about. This was going to segue into back to Bobby Bones for just for a few more minutes because we've been going That's on good. an hour. Because we've been going on for an hour. That's fine. The la- the time WWE made me cry a couple of years ago because it was so bad. Like. I didn't see it, but do you remember when Roman Reigns announced that he had cancer or yes. his cancer had come back? Yep. Well, that night, Dean Ambrose had to turn on Seth Rollins. The yep. night Roman Reigns announced he had cancer. Yeah. And I don't know if you listened to the Talk is Jericho episode with, with, with John Moxley where he was talking about why they made him 
do it and all this. And he was like, no, I'm not doing it. And they were like, if you don't do it, you're fired. And he was like, I'm just not going to sign my contract back. But he said he thought about signing his contract back until they gave him a piece of paper and said, this is your line. And he said, I'm not saying that. And they said, oh, you're going to say it or you're fired. He said, how about this? I quit. That line, (laughs) dude, dude, the line is what made me cry because it's just like, are we really that needy now? Because Dean Ambrose was he had taught he was talking and he said, Seth, the difference between you and Roman is I'm gonna kill you and God is gonna kill Roman. Whoa. And I was like, oh my God, are you are we stooping this low now? Wow. Like I was like, it just made me cry because it was just like wrestling was my first love. Besides yeah. music, it was just my first caught me in my heart I remember Wrestlemania 24 when John Cena faced Orton and Triple H and John Cena lost and I cried like a baby at like 9 or 10 years old however old I was and it was just caught me by the heartstrings and that was just like this is going down the crapper really really fast and and that is what really stopped me from watching wrestling until AEW came and kind of save the wrestling background for me. Yeah. I like Moxley's character now a lot. Jericho's doing good. Kenny Omega. Like, AEW's doing doing a lot of things right. And I think well, they've taken they've they've taken notes from a little bit from NXT, from New Japan, and then they're doing their own thing too. Well, here's the thing. <sighs> They have to keep Jericho champion for at least a year to a year and a half just to establish that they're a legit company. They're going to have this champion for a while. It's not going to be a dish towel that's flipped back and forth between each drawer. And my thing, they're going to screw up when they make Cody champion. Yeah, because he's not big because enough. Well, he is big enough, but he's ha- but he's part of he, he owns part of AEW. Yeah, and I think I mean, once you put the championship on an owner it just because i did it to vince mcmahon when he won the when he won the rumble and that was kind of when it went downhill where it was like okay now the owners are champion they're running out of ideas then they're gonna have to get another big name right right take it off of jericho it's it's gonna have to be like a kevin owens or I was a, even thinking Moxley, dude. But I mean, it's too, but it's it, too they need early. A, they need somebody else. They need Moxley to have a feud with other people or whatever. But to take the belt off, they've got to get someone that not some old has been, but someone that has someone big that has a name that's going to be like the biggest surprise ever to show up and take the belt off of him. Like at a pay per view, and they're like, and it's just got to be like a kind of a rumor, like a CM Punk. That would be the perfect person to take the belt off, dude. I would flip my crap. I would flip my lid if that was to happen, dude. And WWE (laughs) would go to shit if that happened. You know, and I think that's what the 
I think they realized that because CM Punk was in talks with AEW. That he even said that he had phone calls with AEW with with uh, Cody and and whoever the, I can't think of the owner's name right now, but had talks with them. And I think WWE was like, "Oh shit, if this happens, then guess what? We're done with. So we're going to offer him a twelve million dollar contract for a year." Yeah, <laughs> or or someone like. <clears throat> A Conor McGregor, some big name no, from UFC. That I don't count. like that. I don't like when they do that. They Brock Lesnar's different because he was a wrestler before, but they brought in uh, Ronda. Just, no, Ronda's a great example as well. Why? Why bring in MMA fighters? They're not wrestlers. Because be- let them fight. You know, Brock wears gloves for a reason because he punches people. Those aren't fake punches. He is punching them. Oh, He's punching I know. them in the face, and that's why he has to wear gloves. If anybody is wearing gloves, they are allowed to punch. And you have to sign a waiver every single time to punch them and for to get punched by Brock Lesnar. You I have e, to sign a waiver. I.e. Lesnar, Taker, yeah. who else wears gloves? Taker was wearing gloves. She was punching was people. Was she? Was she yeah. wearing gloves? Yeah, she was wearing gloves. If you're F wearing gloves, that. you get to punch people. F if you're wearing that. knee pads, you get to knee people. And so if a w, if a UFC person goes into AEW and has gloves on, you get to wear – I would wear gloves too because I want to punch them back. <laughs> I'm not going to get punched and throw well, a fake punch at somebody. In actuality, they are throwing punches, but they're just open-fisted. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like they are throwing, but, but if that, I'm not signing nothing because I don't, I don't use fake wrestling. I don't use that term. I use predetermined, but I'm going to use fake wrestling here for this example. If I fake wrestling, I'm not going to sign something in fake wrestling for somebody to really punch me just so I can sell it for three minutes. But you know, it's also the opportunity as a wrestler to get to wrestle Brock Lesnar. And and what get your career demolished in thirty seconds? Because you know, yeah. the, the, <laughs> I mean, I, where's Kofi been since they just started a podcast? You haven't seen Kofi in a while. Yeah, after he got demolished by Lesnar, they started yeah. the new the new day started a podcast, and then and then um, that's really it, dude. Him, you and, get, dude him and Goldberg was just dumb. Gosh, and I loved Goldberg in WCW. I did. He was awesome. It, him and DDP had they were so good together, and then him and Raven and Reese and all them, man, it was awesome. He went. Let like me tell you. Let o. me tell you who had the Goldberg physique. That was Braun Strowman. For a while there, they had Braun Strowman doing the Goldberg thing. Then they, then they f-ed it up. They effed it up when he had a tag team and he tagged with a little kid. Yep, I remember that. Did you see? That? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> what was his but, name like Kevin or something? And, I have no clue. <laughs> I I have no clue. But and then they started doing all the two on ones against him, and yeah, it just they're still they still haven't completely messed up Ron Strowman yet. Well, that they did Ryback the same way. I was a fan of. Ryback for a while. And I got then, to hang out with Ryback a lot. He is a really cool guy, really down to earth. He's not. He's not a jerk. 
He see no. he see dude, super I, cool guy. I guess I judge a book by its cover a lot, even though I say don't do it because I could just look at somebody and be like, Yeah, that's a dick. But in actuality they're not. Nah, he was super <laughs> cool. Who who else before uh, we're gonna get back to this? I got two more questions about Bobby thing, and then we're gonna. Uh, but a couple more questions about, about this wrestling thing. Who were some of the people that you were just like? I can't believe I'm hanging out with this guy. He is so cool and oh wrestling. Oh my gosh, the Big Show! Holy Dude, crap! He seems he seems pretty legit. So, so the very first time I met the Big Show was actually just at a match, right? Um, and we, you know, we got to go to whatever event we wanted to, we got free tickets and we pretty much sit wherever we want to as well when we were on the tour. And so I was standing in the aisle and big shows walking up after a match and I reach out to high five him, and it's just like this big giant pancake (laughs) and it's like the softest giant hand in the world. And I was like, what the crap was that? And I was like, that was awesome. Like you'd never experienced someone that big in your life. And then we are, I think we're in new Orleans. Mm -hmm. at like at the house of blues. Okay. And he's there with, who is he with? I think it was him, Booker T and somebody else. I can't remember who else was sitting at the table with him. And I walk by and I tell him the story because this had happened like a month before, right? Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there and they're just they're drinking. And um, I go up and I'm like, hey, it's like you gave me a high five and I'm still talking about it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, sit down. And I'm like, so I sit down. We had just got oh, dude. And so I sit down and I'm just I'm just sitting there talking to him. I'm ignoring Booker T and whoever the hell else was sitting at the table, right? I don't care. I've never been a huge Booker T fan anyway. Well, I heard Booker was and a jerk anyways. I so, didn't I even care. I would don't even remember a word he said. <laughs> I'm sitting there talking to the big show and I'm like, dude, I've watched you since I was yeah. a kid. Like I'm just fanboying out, you know, and um, any of those older wrestlers that I watched as a kid, you know, like I thought was so cool. Do you but, remember when the big show, when he was called the giant WCW, he threw the car over the top of the building. I don't remember him throwing a car over a building. Was it, was it a car? Or was it a person? I don't remember. It sounds awesome. Sure. I saw it. Um, but anyways, I'm but yeah, sorry. He was the giant, but just getting to talk with him and share my story and then him just, I pretty much talked almost the whole time just because I couldn't <laughs> shut up like I'm doing now. But, you know, he was such a cool guy and him and then, I mean, Shawn Michaels was my idol growing up and all only thing him and I ever talked about was hunting. That was it. Yeah, I mean, the entire time, you know, he's from Texas. I'm from Texas. We're talking about our deer leases and where we like to hunt and what we like to hunt (laughs) and what guns we use. And, you know, and just stories of like all those, those almost, you know, just Mm. those misses and those heartbreaks. Did you see where he finally admitted that he was part of the Montreal screw job? No. I did not see that. He, he didn't. He, he Have you read his book, Wrestling for My Life? The one he released last year or the year before? Uh-uh. 
he it, you, you'll like it because he talks hunting in it mostly, but yeah. he talks about his finding God and getting saved and yeah. all that after the drugs. And he said he was finally able to admit to Bret Hart that it was one of his idea, and he was in on screwing Brett over in the Montreal screw job. Wow. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> wow. But I want to give it you— It makes um, a lot of sense. It, You know, and I was never a—I was never a Brett or Owen Hart fan growing up either. You know, I was a Shawn Michaels fan, you know, and so it was one or the other. You know, and I heard someone said there was a show that came on that comes on Viceland or something like that. It's telling true uh, stories of ring or something like that. And they were talking and Scott Steiner came on and said he thinks the whole thing was planned by Brett, was planned by Shawn Michaels and Vince was planned by everyone. And. I don't know, but to see Shawn Michaels finally, just not finally because we didn't know, but to see Shawn Michaels admit to it, just be like, yes, I was in 100%. I was high the whole time. I, I, I could send it to it. was just like, wow. Yeah. But I want to give you real quick um, a cool guy and a dick of wrestling that I met, and then I want to get to a couple more things about Bob before we get off yeah, here. Yeah, do it. Um. So the only wrestler that I've met in person uh, was Ted DiBiase Jr. That was he was with Legacy and Cody and Orton back in WWE. Dude, that we hated Legacy too. They were so good. Yeah, they were so and just wanting us <laughs> to hate them. And they did a great job. They did a fantastic job. But they were playing a sh- uh, playing a show. They were uh, SmackDown was coming to Biloxi up here, the Coliseum. They come every couple. Maybe two or three years they come, and I sometimes yeah. I go, sometimes I don't. But they come every couple, three or four years. And he was actually having a meet and greet at like a. It wasn't a rena center, but it was one of those types of things like that. One of those stores. Yeah. And we were first in line. Like they, we had gotten checked out from school. I was probably. Seventh, eighth grade, maybe sixth grade. We had just gotten checked out. We got checked out at twelve o'clock. He was not supposed to sign till four. We were in line at one thirty, and we were the first in line. And I remember him being late and being like, "Oh crap, he's going to be one of these guys that just thinks he can run the whole joint because he has more money than than we all do." But he, they give out these WWE little pictures and they sign them you know like it's just like a there to be background and the blank space where they sign it and he had asked me he said man do you want one of these and i said my sarcastic was nah dude i just want to stand here and he goes whatever dude do what you want to do <laughs> we all and we both and we had both started laughing and i said dude do you mind if i get a picture and he said no man not at all that's why i'm here and he was sitting at like a fold-up table. And I remember going around the table and a bodyguard pushing me out from behind the table and go, pushing me into the front. You could take it here in front of the table. And I remember Teddy Biasi standing up, shoving the bodyguard and said, dude, this is a 10-year-old kid. 
What is he going to do? Pull a pocket knife out? Come on, man. He's a kid. Dude, come around here. Take a picture with me. And if you're not satisfied with the picture, I'm going to take it till you are satisfied. And, dude, that was one of the best experiences of my life. That's meeting, awesome. Because it was just like he didn't have to do that. Sure, he could have been showing his kindness. But also it was like you, you, you can have money and also be humble at the same time, which is kind of where Bobby comes in. He, you, Bobby could be the biggest dick on the planet, but he's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he comes from humble beginnings, and Eminem said it the best, come from humble beginnings, but I'm someone uncomfortable winning. And it's just like, wow. But one more thing. I met a, the dick was Al Snow. Um, you just interviewed him, right? Yeah, dude. Oh, man. I haven't got to listen to it. Man, if you listen to it, you can hear the frustration in my voice. Because I'm not going in the interview – because you know me. I don't pre-write questions. I right. want this to be as real as possible. So I didn't have any – I had notes. Like I said, okay, in 2000, yada, 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 you did this. Talk to me about that. Or he would say something and say, let me stop you right there. I want to talk more about this. Well, he had notified me earlier, and he said, hey, man, I have a doctor's appointment. He said, I'm only able to do about 50 minutes. Then I said, dude, that's all I need. And, of course, if they say they need 50 minutes, I'm going to get off there at 45 just so I'm respectful of their time. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I went into the podcast as a fan wanting to know – I didn't want to go in there and – knowing what I knew about wrestling because I was trying to put myself in the listener's perspective as if, okay, cool. This guy has Al Snow. I want to know all about Al Snow. And I said, what was your experience, you know, coming from the independent scene to finally in the big scenes, you're wrestling whoever he wrestled in his first match. What was your thought process? Dude, there's not a thought process. You're just wrestling. There's no difference if you're an independent or the big scene. You're just wrestling, dude. And I kind of took that as if you're you're not in it for wrestling if that's what you're talking about. Because there really is a big difference between independent and big time. Yeah. And he was just – he was pumping gas. He was checking out at the grocery store. He was cooking. I heard pots banging in the background. <laughs> And I was like, Dick. yeah, and then I said, hey, man, can you – is there any way possible – I said, if not, it's cool. Can you make a quick audio clip saying, hey, this is Al Snow and you're listening to the HodgePodge podcast, like I usually do for bigger guests and sometimes independent guests if I like them enough. Yeah, I shouldn't, sure. say, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that's bad to say. But he said – and I had this on record, so I know he said it. He said – yeah, man, I'd be honored to. I'll send those here in just a minute. Dude, I have not seen those, and it has been five months. Wow. And I even emailed him, and I said, hey, dude, any way you can send the audio files? He said, yes, dude, I'll get on it real soon. That was three months ago. I have yet to see him. <laughs> that sucks, man. Well, but it's also... I had Al Snow on the show, so I can't complain yeah, too much. Yeah, but what the crap is he doing right now? He's If he's cooking his own food, he's not doing much. 
Everybody else has people cooking their own food. He owns OVW. So I got him on. You never heard of Ohio Valley Wrestling? That's what they used to have. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He owns that now. But that's how I was gonna. Not now. That's gonna transform back to the Bobby Bones thing. He could be a dick if he wanted to because he has so much money. It's not even funny. Like literally. And I think how I connect with Bobby is because he grew. I mean, he lives five hours away from me back when in Arkansas. I'm in Mississippi. He's an he was in Arkansas, so we live fairly close yeah. to each other when he lived there. Um, but he grew up somewhat like me. Now I don't have a drug addicted parent. My my my. I, I know who my dad is. My parents are still married. But we grew up with the same poorness, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like the same low class. But at times you were middle class. Like you lived paycheck to paycheck the next month. You know, sometimes you didn't know where you got one. <laughs> you didn't know yeah, if you had sure. to rob a liquor store. Not not literally, but sometimes you didn't know if you had to rob a liquor store to sell alcohol to get money. Yeah. And that's And to me, that's the biggest thing that... It's like I, I don't compare myself to Howard Stern because Howard Stern's father owned a radio station. So Howard yeah. Stern was open to it. Jericho's father was a freaking professional hockey player. So I'm not saying Jericho grew up with money, but he grew up not having to worry, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And and that's just – man, it's just like if he can do it, why can't I do it? And it's yeah. just – you know, it's one of those things that's just like, that's why I do it. And for one, he knows – I don't care what anyone says. He knows exactly who I am. Yeah, when I walk sure. through, When I walk through for a meet and greet, here's the weird thing, dude. Eddie knew who I was. See, and it was, I relate more with Eddie than anyone. Okay. I love Eddie. Me too. This is – Obviously, I'm gonna tag you on Instagram and tag Bobby in it. He usually yeah, looks sure. at he usually looks at my stuff. So I don't want to say this and and kind of Bobby be like, oh, I don't want to do with that guy because he thinks I'm fake. But let's be honest here. I think the Bobby Bone Show, the Lunchbox and Eddie, I think they're characters. Like as much as they say we're friends and we're being real, I'm gonna be real and say I think they're characters. Like if think about it, Lunchbox is the prick of them all. But, but don't not, you think that was Bobby's vision, though, with getting them on the show? He needed different personalities. And but you, do you can't think have... Well, or do, yeah. Do, I think that's them, because... Okay. And I'll, I'll defend that in a way okay. of... If you listen to the Sore Losers podcast, you hear the real lunchbox... Lunch, you can tell. I, I'm not a sports when, fan, so I don't. I, I've listened to a couple episodes, but I'm especially when he's with his family. You can definitely hear the exactly. Like, no, no teeth. Keith was on there the other day for the first time, and it was hilarious. But when you hear him talk about sports, he doesn't get all like rah, rah, rah. whenever he does that. That's when the overcompensation comes out. That that's just him. 
And he does it a lot on the radio show, but he doesn't do it a whole lot. But that is his personality. He was a little dude. He couldn't play football. He couldn't play baseball. He was terrible at both. He was good at running because he was little and skinny. You know, so the dude had to overcompensate his entire life and he's still doing it. And so that's his, that's just him. And I'm sure that, you know, Bobby saw that with him, you know, when he met him was like, Hey, this is going to, this is a guy that I can get to do stupid stuff on the radio. And that's not going to agree with everything that I say, because if you have, if him and Eddie and Amy, they, them three usually agree on everything. And then lunchbox chimes in and disagrees. But if lunchbox agreed on everything, it wouldn't be as, it wouldn't be as good of a show. I think he knew that at the beginning. He's like, this dude's crazy. Like, this is him. And I still, after listening to it, there is some overcompensation. I think Eddie definitely plays the dad card a lot, but that's just a subconscious thing. When you think about your kids, you are going to get a little softer whenever you talk because you're thinking about your kids. That's, I mean, I'm a father. I have two six-year-olds, you know, like I whenever I think about my kids, you know, it's just your heart gets a little bigger when you're talking and you get a little bit more emotional. That's just how it is. Same thing with lunchbox. Now he's gotten a lot softer since he had a kid. I wanted to, again, I don't want to say it, but again, I'm being, maybe, maybe character was the wrong word. Maybe he shows out more for the show than he actually yes. is. Like, yes. like, like if someone, okay. Okay. And that's the overcompensation. I think okay. that that's just what it is. Cause he's a, he's a little skinny dude, you know, like he's, that's yeah. just, he, you know, like he thinks he's a celebrity, which is hilarious. Um, that's a funny bit. How he guesses weight. I have no idea, but it's hilarious, you know? Um, but I think they're celebrities though, dude. Do you not? Are. I do. I do. Definitely. Um, but again, I've, it's a regionally known thing. If you go into a yeah, state yeah. or a big city where they're not, I mean, yeah, some people are going to know Bobby Bones because of the CMAs, but in a lot of places, man, like they don't listen to country music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not big in a lot of towns and radio's not as big as, you know, it used to be. Um, so yeah, but in in the in the towns that they're in, like in Nashville and in like Bakersfield and Boston and you know where they're big at, yeah, they're 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 known. That's why he says, yeah, they're regionally known celebrities. I actually the used. Part... I was stationed down in Biloxi. I was at Keesler for. Uh, that's where I did my tech school. Okay, cool. Before Dude, Katrina. That... And okay. so it was beautiful. I haven't, I haven't been through really like haven't got to spend time. It's funny. My brother was there last night or two nights ago. Um, he was like, told me about a parlay he put on the playoffs, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was stationed down there and Biloxi was awesome because, you know, I was what 18, 19 years old. This was back in 2004. Um, so I just turned 19, but you could get a limo cheaper than a taxi. And it's yeah. awesome. It's like <laughs> me and my buddies would get a limo and ride around and go to the Beau Rivage. It was like Edgewater Mall yeah. was there. Um, 
you know, like we would go to, we would go to all these places and it wasn't a long drive to uh, New Orleans. Um, but man, that was, that was one of the, like the coolest times of my life Hello. was being down at, in Biloxi. It was right, such let's see. We cool have lost place. Freak the Baddest. Lost me? Let's see here if we can get him back on. Let's I can see here. How? Um, let's try to get him on. Hey, can you hear me? Yo. Hey. I'm still talking, dude. You know, just that area was awesome. You know, going to tech school there and, you know, uh, the casinos were cool. And, you know, like they really treated military people the right way. That was one town that I went to, man, where... You know, you've got discounts everywhere, and they really everybody mm-hmm. for your service, and it was cool. That was a really cool town. Yeah, dude. So as we wind out here, we're going about an hour and a little over an hour and a half. Um, give one last question here, and and, and it, of course we're going back to Bobby Bones. What's one piece of advice that he has given over the years that we've listened that has just stuck with you through thick and thin? You know, um, I have listened to both of his books, and uh, mm-hmm. they were both great, great books, and right. I recommend them to anyone. And, you yeah. know, and and go in order. You know, listen to his story that way you know him and where he's came from before sure. Sure. you get like that self help type book. But the whole fell until you don't is huge. I mean, that is such a mantra to live by. Um, you know, I've failed in the industry so many times. I've been signed to labels that didn't work out. I've had publishing deals that didn't work out. I've been in bands that didn't work out. But I've kept on doing it, you know. Um, now I'm signed to an publishing, awesome publishing company. Um, you know, I've had songs on, you know, movies and TV shows. And, you know, that's what I enjoy doing now. What what what, and, what, uh, what what kind of movies would we know? Would we know any movies or TV shows your songs have been on? Yeah, Gotham, I, Tanya, um, the Total Divas, Total Bellas, uh, Real World, uh, Duck Dynasty, The Challenge, Party Down South, um, Blue Bloods. A lot of the C, they call them C channels, that don't pay that much. Um, like... And, like and, like, like the, the CW, Bravos, stuff like yeah. Like, okay. Well, no, I'd yeah. love to be on CW. Oh, really? Any of the DC, yeah. Any of the like the Flash and something, dude. They have, I mean, they have like <laughs> actual like um, good shows. music supervisors there. But okay. you know, like the the ones like MTV, Bravo, uh, TLC, like those type of channels, they're like C um, C rated shows, and they don't pay a whole lot. But it's cool because sometimes they'll put your name at the bottom, and that's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, so that's what I do now. And that's a lot of what I do, but then I have artists that I specifically work with and do projects with, but for the last year I've been going to school. So I went back to school to get my master's, uh, from Berkeley. And then my wife is getting her master's right now in clinical psychology. So we're both going to school and working. And so I've just kind of taken this last year just to focus on learning as much as I can. And uh, just getting my degree, and then I'll just hit it hard after this year again. 
So that's kind of where I'm at. But the whole fight, grind, repeat, I don't think I would have gone to school without just mm-hmm. understanding that I'm going to have to keep grinding or, you know, or if the fault fell into you don't like the dude is, he says stuff all the time that you're just like, you, y- you think about it and you're like, this, this guy's been there, you know, he has fought his entire life and it's motivation. Bobby's definitely an inspiration, definitely a motivator. He does the Ted talks and his, his standups, but he, he does, it's a lot of motivation too. He wants people to succeed and wants people to have the chance and just the opportunities that he has had and that he continues to have. And that's something that he outpours on every show is that he's not bragging. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. he says that a lot. Like people think I'm bragging when I name drop, but I'm just saying like, look at the cool people that I get to work with because of this, because (laughs) of all that I've done. Just like, just like me, like talking about like, you know, I've got to, share the stage with a lot of cool people. I've got to meet a lot of cool people in the music industry and the wrestlers and stuff, but it's like, I didn't come from anything, you know, but at the same time, like I have a brother that's a professional baseball player. I have another brother that's a helicopter pilot in the army. We have worked our entire lives and busted our butts. We all have things to show for it, you know? So like, that's what my parents instilled in me as a young age. And, they still do. It's like, if you're going to do something, do it right the first time. And then can, if you fail, keep doing it. You're going to figure it out. And so teaching myself how to play guitar when I was five years old, you know, teaching myself how to produce music when I was 20 years old, and then just now going to school for it at 34 years old, you know, like it, you know, it's, it's just continuing that grind. And I hope you do the same thing, you know, with your podcast. Keep doing it, dude. Like you're really good at it. And the what you're doing with just keeping it raw like this is awesome. And it's it's going to get more and more people just involved. And don't let if you see low numbers, dude, don't it's you're going to get that one podcast one day that's gonna blow up so big that they're going to go back and listen to the other ones and they're going to be like, who is this guy? And the cool thing is, is you have content there. And that's something that a lot of the artists that I talk to, they don't understand. And a lot of the artists that I work with, they don't understand because they're just waiting for that one big song to put out. Can I take, can I put my frustration out on you about why I get frustrated about a podcast? Yeah. Because, I'm a no-namer. Yeah. But then you see these guys that just like, okay, podcasts are big. That's another way to make money. I'm going to do it. And then they just pass you by and you go down one peg. And it's just – it's that frustrating moment of when you're like, why did whoever you are have to make a podcast? I mean we were doing so well, which we – I mean we don't – when I say we're doing well, like me and Big Shrimp will freak out. Oh my God, we got 176 listens on this episode, and it, and for me, it's grown for me because now I have five to eight hundred listens a week, which I think is pretty farewell decent for someone that's, that's really been grinding. Good. It's been grinding yeah. it up for three years and has no name. Yeah, 
And also, I think the fight grind repeat kind of goes for me as well because now I have like a record company coming to me to interview some of their people. And that's awesome. I have not been able to do that. And there may even be an opportunity for me to interview Reba on the podcast. Freaking Reba, dude, (laughs) on the podcast. That's huge. And it's like, and here's. I don't. I don't really consider this a trick. A lot of people think I'm tricking the system when I do this. Like I will have Luke Combs's. Um, I had uh, let's see, Riley Green's guitar player. I've had someone wrote "She Got the Best of Me." Rob Snyder with Luke Combs. I had him on, and people think I'm doing that cheating the system because they think if I get their guitar player or whoever they're friends with. That's going to get them to the podcast. That's 100% false because that's called marketing. <laughs> that's called being D Hodge. That's called marketing. That's not lying. I, I know. <laughs> I, you ain't got You don't have to convince me. I know it's not. Yeah. I think it's cool because it's awesome. You're doing the right thing, man. I know. You just get like, I know, I know how you're a music producer, but you, you see that one comment like you have 76 fantastic fantastic you're very good at what you do but you got that one person that says f you man this sucks and it was just me and big shrimp both got an f you email (laughs) dude it put me down in the dumps for two days and i was kind of like oh you know what this is what this guy wants well then you know what you do though you be chris jericho (laughs) and you love that boo you feed yeah. off of it because you're doing something right. The fact that they type something to you exactly means you got their attention or doing something right. Dude, I have had the I mean, gosh, I've had so many haters. Yeah. And I've put out crappy music. Terrible <laughs> music. I put and out people, bad podcasts, terrible yeah, podcasts. People have hated it, and then I listen to it years later. I'm like, yeah, that sucked. But I thought it was really good at the time, but I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Actually making money producing people. I make I make really good money when someone comes into the studio. I am a professional music producer, and people pay money for me to tell them how to sing and how to work on their music and how to write lyrics and work with them. Because I've been doing it for a long time. But, you know, it's, I've also had people cuss me out and want their money back, you know? And, yeah. and so there's always going to be that. But then the next day, don't let that, dude, don't let that asshole do that to you, man. Have You're you good ever, at what you do. Well, I appreciate that. Um, even, even though I'm not, I'm not the best at it. I, I try. Um, have you ever had that one experience producing music? Because I know I have with the podcast where you just had this one specific jerk. He just wanted to be a jerk the whole time for no apparent reason. Yeah. This dude wanted to come on the podcast. Like, and I, I it's a recent so he episode. Asked, he asked you to come on the podcast. Yeah, it's okay. a recent episode. It's probably a couple months back. I will give you the name, not live on air, though. Okay. So he came to me, and he said, Dude, I love your podcast. I want to come on and promote my music. And my rule is, I've stuck with this rule since I've started, you're only coming on the podcast if I like you. 
I'm not going to get Kim Kardashian on. Well, I don't know. But I don't know who really who she is except for she's a Kardashian. I'm not a fan of her, so I would probably turn her down, even though it would get me millions of subscribers. Yeah, get, her, because get her husband on. I like Kanye. Yeah, I, yeah I, is I, your I, husband I like there? Kanye. I love Kanye. <laughs> even though that would project me millions of possible subscribers, I would be going against my own belief and self-worth, I think, if that was to happen. Yeah. So anyways, I, I said, hey, man, send me some samples. Or send me your Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. I will get a listen, and I will get back with you. He didn't have the perfect voice, but he had a fantastic song. And the idea behind the song was awesome. And I told him that. He was like, thanks, man. I would really love to come on your podcast and talk about it. Your podcast, you've had so many of my friends on, and I was waiting for you to message me, but I figured I would message you first. I said, okay, cool, man. The dude called 30 minutes late. Wow. I would ask a question, and he would go, yeah. And I, or I would say, so, man, tell me, tell me how this song came about. You know, man, I was just laying in the bed, and it popped in my head. I <laughs> led that entire podcast. Dude, I went for a an agony of 25 minutes and i actually snapped at him once it, it, it's like I, i'm a chill dude until you get on my nerves and i said <laughs> dude you're not giving me anything you wanted to come on the podcast yourself and i'm giving you the opportunity to tell your story and you don't want to give me crap you don't want to give me anything and then he kind of started being a little bit more open and then i was like I was like, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give him one more chance, one more chance. And I, I have these things called mind benders that I ask sometimes if, not really if I'm stuck, just if you know, because if I ask this one mind bender, that could lead to you know a series of other questions or interests. And so I'd asked him one, and he said, "Man, I don't know how to answer that. That's a hard question." And I said, "Okay." We're going to play your song right now. Talk about it real quick, and we're going to get off here. Dude, I got so agitated. It was, it was, it's the worst podcast I've ever done. It just makes me look bad, and that's so why I messaged Bobby on Twitter because now we have somewhat of a relationship on Twitter because of the Wikipedia thing. Yeah. And I said, here's my problem. I need advice. I just had the worst podcast. This dude wanted to come on and didn't give me crap. And I had to lead the whole podcast. I feel like I shouldn't air it. What do I do? He says, be honest. Be honest. Tell the people it was a terrible podcast. Tell yes. them Tell them it was not you. Tell them, be honest. He said, because that's the whole point of a podcast is to be honest and be real. And if you get on there and say, Hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's a fantastic episode. You're lying because you know for a fact that's not true. And I went on there and I said, this podcast is a terrible podcast. And I even told the dude, I'd message him and said, look, dude, that's not the best podcast. I said, you're probably the worst guest I've had. Being honest, I don't want your feelings to be hurt if you hear it come from my mouth on the podcast without me telling you first 
I never got a response, but as always, every Monday, a podcast goes up later in the day after lunch for everyone's up can see it. I promote the podcast. I guess he didn't have a problem with it because he reposted it, put it up on his thing, put it in his Instagram story. But I think being it, and it's one of the biggest episodes is the big is the worst podcast is one of the biggest episodes. There you and go. I think it, and I think it comes from being honest <laughs> with yourself and with people. Yeah. And because I, I probably, if I would not have asked Bobby for advice, I probably would not have, it probably wouldn't exist. I probably would have deleted Dude, that's it. That's so real though. Like if I heard you at the beginning say, Hey, you know, this was one of the worst podcasts I've ever had. You got to stick around and listen to it. It's crazy, you know, and then you listen to it. You're already got that in your head. Like, heck yeah. You're already like, okay. Like everybody has already taken like team D Hodge. They already got, they're already on your team and they're like, they already got that this, that this guy's a dick in the back of their mind and they're already on your team. So they're believing everything that you're saying and they're like, they're pulling for you. You know, when you automatically come out and say that. So, yeah, dude, I believe it, man. I'm glad you put it out there. And I, I can't wait to listen to it. And the thing is, I can always say that's the worst podcast. People are like, it's the best podcast I've ever heard. But then you listen to it and then you're like, he's really not lying. This guy did not give him anything. Like, it was just, I take it as a Mike Tyson moment. Chris Jericho had Mike Tyson on the podcast, on his podcast. And basically had to talk his way for an hour. And just one-liners, one 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 answer for a long-winded question was the worst that could have ever happened. And that episode kind of put me in the mood of, I don't care what I say, it's my podcast. Sure, I'm going to lose followers, but if people don't want me to be real then F them. They can screw off, go somewhere else because you're going to get the realness here. Like last night, <laughs> last night, the time of recording, we do me and my big shrimp, my business partner, we do a simulcast, which is where we record the podcast from both of our recording equipment. And we put it on. It's just a little stupid thing we got going on, but it seems for me, that's one of the biggest things is either when I come on by myself or when I'm with Big Shrimp. Those are the two biggest ones for some stupid reason. And we literally butted heads because I thought I had my microphone on mute and I had burped. Like I, <laughs> I, and I had burped and I had done it before on a podcast and people had thought it was hilarious. And he said, dude, we have to edit that out. And I said, no, I think we need to keep it in. Because he's always waking me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Dude, you have to go fix it. You you didn't put a period or a comma here. And I'm like, dude, you have – and sometimes I do it on purpose because we're not – and maybe that's a bad part on me is doing that because it shows that you're not professional and you don't care about your product. But I've seen Joe Rogan misspell some stuff and put different commas where they're not supposed to go on podcasts before. I'm sure it's okay. No one's going to look <laughs> at the minor details. But like we literally almost broke the production company up over a simple burp because I wanted to keep it in 
He did it. I wanted to be real. He wanted to be professional when we're not even professional. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I mean, we're over it now. I'm, you're not going to hear the burp because I was just like, screw it. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's a burp. It's nothing to argue about. And, um, yeah, I think being real is, and, and that's another advice that Bobby had given me is just be real, be, be yourself, be true to your audience. Because if you're not, then they're not going to come back for the yeah. long run. And they're, they're going to see right through you too, man. Yeah. And, and it's real. I mean, I can tell you're real, but I can also, you know, one thing, one question I have for you before sure. we go is, sure. you know, where is that that grabber, like that repetitive thing that people can look forward to? Because, you know, when I listen to something, let's say I'm listening to Bobby's show, and you hear people call in and I say, hey, what's your favorite thing about the show? Or... um it's it's the games. It's the things that we're familiar with that they do every single day. The tell me something good that they do every single day. People look forward to it. They stay on the radio because they know it's coming. Um, it's it's the when the they were doing the drafts. I mean, right. I looked forward to the days that they were doing the drafts because they were hilarious. And yes. The sore losers podcast. Um, they were doing um, a would you rather. And sometimes they sucked. They were the worst ones, <laughs> but they were the most memorable ones as well. And I mean, Lunchbox would say it and Rain Eddie would be like, dude, that's so dumb. <laughs> like, why would we even make right. it? But at the end, you were like, that was actually really good. You need my advice. And my question is, where is it? And then also you need it. You need something. I think every podcast needs it. It needs one thing that is repetitive every single time that the people can look forward to that you're interviewing, but also the listeners can look forward to. It's like a game that you play, a specific question that you ask, something that keeps it repetitive and that makes the hodgepodge podcast stand out. And I think when... Okay, I had Big Smo, the country rapper on. Yeah, me yeah. And Big Shrimp, we had him on, and he, we we kept asking questions, and he kept kind of getting aggravated because we would ask, go back to the TV show which he hated talking about, and so I said, you know what, I'm gonna flip the script on him, and I said, what is something you love to talk about that no one asks you about? And he said, movies. And we talked for 45 minutes just about our favorite movies. Yeah. And I think that if you have – I can't keep saying bigger because because I started the podcast for people that didn't have a name. I wanted yeah. to at least give them a name. But this podcast has allowed me now to get bigger names, and I think that's a question – that a lot of people have said that they have taken from me starting their own thing because that puts them in the mind space of wow okay i'm never i've never asked about this and i love talking about the worst tv finale of all time you know yeah. i'm just stuck in my head and also the person doesn't know when i'm recording 
I, I think I think that's another. Neither do the listeners. I think that's another thing of where I start recording from the time the phone rings to the time I decide to stop it or hang up. And it's where I decide I feel the podcast should start. Like, because if they don't know they're on mic and they're yeah, talking, had, yeah. and then... This is the first podcast that I've been on that has done that. That you yeah. just hit record. And I was like, dang, he, he's really going to keep that. All right. Well, cool. well, the <laughs> thing is, because you could say something... And it would be very interesting, maybe more interesting than what we talk about on the podcast, and that could be part of the podcast. Like, you know what though? That is one of the biggest things in music production. Always be recording. There are so many songs that that first practice take was the best vocal. You ought yeah. to know Atlantis Morissette. That was her just yeah. practice take is what yeah. they had, and they, and they, they and that was it. a big yes. lesson. In my first, like, actual my vocal production class that I took, um, was you record everything, every single thing you record, and you're taking that lesson into a podcast. So that's super cool. Well, and I also hate it. I'm not the only person that doesn't have questions written down. And I think the worst kind of interviews are when they're looking at a piece of paper, not worrying about what you're saying but just worried about getting to the next question at 40 seconds into the first question. And also, I think... Not knowing where I'm going with it. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to do 30 minutes. We're at two hours. <laughs> we were supposed to do 30 <laughs> minutes. You're like, hey, you got 30 minutes? I'm like, yeah. But, I mean, we're good. But, yeah, I mean, we didn't plan that. You know, but no. there's just there's stuff to talk about, you know. Yeah, and to, to let to, answering your question in a long form answer, those things like the independent people, they're more fun because they haven't made it big yet, and you can say, "Hey, I had such and such on before they were big time." And that's yeah. not the reason I'm doing it to just to say that because that little audience that that independent artist brings, they could somebody could be like, who is this Johnny paper? Who is this Johnny paper? I'm going to listen to him. And maybe that listener could be a music producer like yourself and be like, I'm going to blow Johnny paper up. He's going to be the next Justin Bieber. That's my whole point. Yeah, for sure. What we jamming out to dude. This is Tuesday, bro. Oh, it is Tuesday. Isn't it? <laughs> I was just going to throw this in there, man. Just so you have it. Let's, let's, uh, let's stay remote quiet real quick and listen to it real quick. You tell me where you think he should have jumped in at. It's right. It's four. It's eight bars in. Okay. Here where the hats come in. If he when he goes in there, and then the brass comes in, that's that second hook. And it's it's nice. Like there's the first verse right there. The hats aren't as big. They're simple. 
Dude, this song bumps too. I will send <laughs> you. Send, send it to me. Send, send it I to will, me. so you can hear how insane it. That's the chorus right there. I haven't listened to the whole thing. Maybe you know how he gets loud when he goes. Yeah. Oh, out yeah. of my mom. Yeah. On a Tuesday, maybe there should be trumpets or something. Yeah. That's just something my ear catches. So that's the Tuesday beat, man. And you know what? I I really hope that he uses it, and I hope that you know that that I become that that go to person that that he can rely on because you know I. <laughs> I learned that from my parents and I learned that from the military. You know, you're always on time. I'm a stickler for that. My wife knows that. You know, everybody that knows me knows that. And if you're not on time for a recording session, that's not good. You know, or like I'm always early to work, you know. I'm I'm early everywhere. And um that, that's you my know, mind, that's been my mindset. Whoa, let me pick my mic up. That's been my mindset for a while because it's like I guess it's kind of a little bit of FOMO. Like, what's going to happen if I'm not here? Well, yeah, and it's there. it's letting people know that you're dependable, too. I mean, just right. like for the podcast today, you know, I was having, I was trying to get Spike, or Scott Spike, Skype to work <laughs> with my interface and my talkback mic. And so I wanted to just be able to sit at my, sit at my control desk and just be able to sit down in my comfy chair and talk. You Is know? that what you're doing right Yeah. Now? Yeah, okay. right now I'm sitting in the studio at the control desk. I got my microphone with my boom arm sticking out, and I'm just sitting here just like if I was talking to, you know, an artist recording. I'm just talking to my talk back. But on Skype, you have to have it in the first input in your interface. I had it in the fourth in my talk back. So I'm sitting here troubleshooting it. I was, you know, we were supposed to start at eight o'clock and we did, but seven o'clock is when I started. I was like, I've got to make oh, sure wow. this is all set up and <laughs> ready to go. So, you know, I have my Xbox set up in here. Uh, so I tell my son, Hey, you got to get out. I got to work on this, you know? And mm-hmm. so he was in here playing Xbox and stuff. So I'm like, all right, go hang out with, go hang out with mom, you know, and I've, I'm doing this tonight and he's super cool. He's like, all right, cool. You know, he goes and gets on his iPad. But, um, you know, I'm in here working up until 10 minutes before it started. And I'm like, dude, I figured it out. I had to watch like four YouTube videos and read like six or seven, you know, Skype forums. And finally, I was like, oh, <laughs> I got to switch the inputs on the interface. All right. Well, you know, I used to do them by phone. But then I figured out how to do it from Skype. It's awesome. And... It's going to be a lot better quality. It's so much better quality because it sounds like you're in the room with that person, I think, in my oh, opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're in, on a microphone. There's, I mean, if I'm on my phone, there's so many times where I move the phone away from my face. Me too, yeah. You know, that's such a <laughs> habit. And it can't be good for us holding phones up to our face anyway. Uh, but, or even if I have headphones on, it's still not going to sound the same right. as having like a Shure SM7 for <clears throat> you know talking on an actual broadcast mic so you know through you know through a channel strip as well and so you know, i don't even have an actual broadcast mic yeah i got actually I, using what they what what they use in a radio station or what they use what joe rogan uses you know see, i have set up here 
I want one of those so bad, but dude, them things are so expensive. The one Joe Rogan, I found the exact same one Joe Rogan uses. It's like seven hundred bucks, and I'm like, yeah. are you nuts? Like, I literally this one that I have, I have the receipt right here because I bought it. Let's see. Oh, here it is. This one was thirty nine dollars and forty two cents, <laughs> and that's what I use. Sounds great. Can you? Is it? Does it sound okay through that? Yeah, it sounds great. You know, okay, I'm cool. listening with really nice headphones on, and dude, these are five dollar headphones. I got on. <laughs> I got them from the five dollar under store. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm. I have like five hundred dollar headphones on, and dude, probably four hundred dollar mic, and you sound just as good as I do. So that's awesome. You're doing it right, man. I, I'm. I. I can't wait to talk to you again in the future. Yeah, man. You know, and we'll catch up soon for sure. You know, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna follow your journey, and I think a lot of people are right now. They want to see you get big, and you know this. I think that you know you have such a wide variety of people too, from what I've seen that you've interviewed. And yeah, it, the real that's quick. Cool. Well, it started out as a music podcast, and then for a while there, I couldn't get enough music people booked. And the title was Hodgepodge Podcast because literally my 11th, no, 12th grade, 11th, 12th grade, either, one of those history teachers, which I find dearly, was like, hey, man we're playing this history game and I played a little homage for you. And I said, okay, didn't really know what that meant. Kind of thought it was a little freaky. And then he was like, okay, we're doing the hodgepodge game. And I was like, Hmm. And it was just a variety of sorts of history questions. And I took that with me and I was like, I'm going to do the hodgepodge radio show. That was, that was the start was to do a radio show. And I couldn't get through any radio stations. They wouldn't let me do anything. Wouldn't even let me announce over the phone. Wow. And I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it myself and call it the HodgePodge podcast and stick with music as the main background. But if I wanted to, I could have wrestlers, paranormal investigators, people that I actually – things that I like to talk about. Like comedians, I I, I yeah. had people from The Voice and from America's Got Talent, comedians from that, and it's just amazing what the world opens up for when you have when you have a not really a podcast because I've seen people that have podcasts and just they have one to say they have one, yeah. But for me, I have nothing going on in my life besides this. Like and that's and that's not a sob sad story. It's just reality. Like I, I've never had a girlfriend. It's just because the reason for that is I want to be successful enough to where I can take care of someone of that sort. Like I don't have now. They say, oh, you don't want to. You don't want to have that that struggle together though, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> now we're now we're getting deep. Now we're gonna be another two hours here, right? <laughs> but I mean, I met my wife. She was just going to school. 
single mom going to school, you know, I was a single dad, you know, and we weren't, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I make good money, but she was just single mom going to school, you know, she still is. And, you know, you get to go through that together. That makes you stronger. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm a 20, almost 22. I'm a 22 year old living at home with his parents still Doing a podcast that's not making any sorts of money. You don't can't think get a girl out there doing that too, though, or doing something similar. Yeah, but I work at a freaking. I'm not going to say where I work uh, because one, I'm embarrassed about where I work, and two, I like to keep private about my stuff. But I work at a freaking restaurant that doesn't really that pays little more than minimum wage. And everything that I'm making from that, I'm putting into the podcast. So it's like I have no extra time. Yeah. Because, dude, this was at 8 o'clock. I got off work at 6. <laughs> I work an hour away. So I came Dang. home, scarfed down my dinner, wrote down some notes. I worked yesterday. I had a podcast yesterday before work. Had a podcast last night. Had one during lunch at work yesterday. And I'm like... I at least need to work 20 hours of a regular job. That way I can dedicate the rest to the podcast. Because How this many comes you put out first. a week? Um, now that depends. Uh, every, every Monday is a movie review because I'm a big movie nerd and yeah. a podcast. So it's like a – in the movie review, I don't expect – to record a 45 minute movie review and then list and for people to listen to that and then listen to a two hour podcast. Yeah. So I keep the movie reviews three and a half to five minutes long. And That's then, awesome. and then like an hour it's more content. Podcast. Yeah. It's more content. Yeah. But then Wednesdays are set aside for big shrimp collaborations. Like nice. we'll do, we do the Bobby bone show review. That's we cool. do that, that, Dude, that was big on Bobby Bones' show. They talked about that, and it we, we flipped out. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, we've been talking well over two hours, well over our thirty-minute time limit we had here. <laughs> My wife is like, "You said thirty minutes." I, she hasn't said anything, but I'm sure I'm gonna walk in there and she's gonna be like, so, thirty uh, minutes." That was a that long two hours thirty minutes. Ago. Yeah, but. Man, it was good talking to you, man. For real. I mean, yeah, we'll man. we'll definitely do this again, and um, yep. I'll try to get like um, like an artist with me too next time we talk, so we can have I can have them in the studio oh. with me, going through the interface, and we can both we can all three talk. Sure. Um, and that would be really cool. Uh, that way, I'll I'll get someone I'll get someone well known in here to to talk with you. So I keep well, a which lot. Mean- what you mean, well known? Like a well known artist, like like a like a B list, you know, well known though. Um, so I keep a lot of the music that I do private, not for any big reason. I just am not. I do not like social media, and I'm having to force myself to start having to do Instagram. I've never been the person to take out my phone and film anything or take pictures or none of that or brag and post pictures online of me and people ever really. And so, you know, I've got to start doing it though. I have to, that's just the world we're in right now. If you want to get known and I feel like I kind of do now as a producer because producers have names now, 
people used to not know who the produce songs, but now mm-hmm. they do, you know? And so I'm like, I'll do that. You know, I have time. Maybe I can start doing it. And then when I finish school, I can kind of push it a little more. Um, but it's like, I've been waiting too long. You know, I'm almost 35 years old. So I've got things that I'm working on too, you know? And I'm like, might as well Let's see what happens. But yeah, I can have a, I'll, I can have a cool artist in here that I'm working with and, um, talk to, I'll talk to some people and get somebody in here and, uh, we could have like a good, just three-way talk producer, artist and podcast interviewer, you know? Cool, dude. I'll check back in a couple weeks with you, and we'll see where we stand. Maybe we can get you on in the next uh, month. I, I, I'm 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 free usually. I'm usually booked, but I'm, I'm free for the next couple weeks. But uh, I don't I don't think we should do it that quickly. No, I'm thinking um, like this summer. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking three or four months as well. Yeah, let's do something this summer, man. We'll catch back up and see how everybody's going. Cool, man. Appreciate it, dude. You have a good one. You too, brother. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Bye. episode with freak the baddest very much appreciate you guys listening in uh all right next week on the podcast we got sean martins we're headed back to wrestling with sean martins as he headlines hpp he talks about wrestling in las vegas being from las vegas talks about pure power wrestling monster pro wrestling canadian wrestling coalition we also talk comic book movies superheroes mount rush war of wrestlers and um our favorite wrestlers of all time our favorite wrestling match of all time you're gonna hear all that and more on next week's episode so please if you're with me if you're a fan stay tuned next week's episode and we are getting out of here as always enjoy and frown less live your life a quarter mile at a time i'm your host d hodge and this has been the hodgepodge podcast i will catch you guys on the flip side this podcast is brought to you by hodgepodge productions enjoy and frown less